Gotten Paul Show, episode 37. Comic-Con is taking place. Trailers galore and all kinds of shit. And I don't know what the hell's going on in Scott's house. It does sound like Comic-Con. There's yelling and screaming. Oh, my God. Gotten Paul Show, episode 37. Scott and Paul Show, episode 37. God, there's not a lot of news, but there's one thing going on at your house that's going to happen. There's a bunch of fucking little NES classics going to be in every fucking room. That's right. Hopefully there's not any lag and I can plug it in in my Suburban, too. So we'll have it on the go. In case somebody has not heard, there's going to be a little NES classics about the size of... Well, it's about the size of the NES controller, uh, width-wise, uh, length-wise, maybe three-fourths the size, looks like. You turn it on the mm, side. Might be a little smaller than that. It's not much bigger than a Nintendo control. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, does it... I wonder what kind of outputs it has. I never thought about that. It may not That's it? That's it? Well, there won't be a mobile version in my car. Damn it. It only it's, has uh, regular inputs. It's basically it's an emulation device created by Nintendo that looks just like a regular old NES, and it comes with thirty pre-installed games. And uh, just a quick little run through: Super Mario Brothers, Mario Three, Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, Metroid, Kirby's Adventure. Uh, Balloon Fight Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream, not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Not the Earbiting Rapist edition? Yeah. Uh, Potential Rapist. Spike, Double Dragon 2, not right. Double Dragon 1. Technoball without the NFL Players Association. Um, Ninja Gaiden, Ghosts and Goblins, Super C. Not Contra, but Super C. Interesting. Yeah. Super C is really great, though. I mean, it is fantastic. Contra's just a hair better. Uh, Gradius, Ghosts and Goblins, Final Fantasy. So, um, well, I mean, if you want to buy an extra controller, it's only $10. There's some long games on there. I mean, shit, Final Fantasy is probably, what, 20 hours? Yeah, the original. Legends of Zelda can be. If you know your way through Legend of Zelda, it's not very long, but if you're new to it and you're going to have to find your way through it, good luck, by the way. <laughs> um, 
you're talking hours, many hours, uh, to play through Super Mario Brothers 3 all the way legit. Hours upon hours. So, I mean, yeah. Plus, you have save states, which would be interesting. Yep, this is $60. It will be out November 11th, 2016. This thing will sell out quick. So, Yeah, all this stuff has been... Um, anything Nintendo branded like this has just been insane. There's no pre-orders as of yet. I think it, did it go on pre-order in Europe? Maybe, or maybe it hasn't been announced for Europe. I'm not sure. Ooh, Ghosts and Goblins. Oh man, if 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 you're the parent of a millennial, buy them this and direct them towards Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, they you, may commit suicide after about the 30th attempt. Fucking kids, how them play Ghosts and Goblins? <laughs> They will find out what a difficult game is. They'll they will scoff at Dark Souls, scoff. Yeah, in bold font. If this was a comic book, scoff. Yeah. So I mean, it's really cool. It's really neat. It looks like it's maybe as tall as a Wii and maybe half as half as long as a Wii. Now the controller output is different. The um. It is designed to actually work with your Wii controller, so you can take the NES Classic controller, I guess what they're calling it, and you can actually hook it up to your Wii and Wii U um, controller and use it to play your virtual console games. Yes, that is a huge, huge, cool selling point, especially if you're a Nintendo nut job like I am. So, So this is a cute little... System. Um, this is a hell of a great little stocking. I guess. Well, I guess for us old fuckers, it is a stocking stuffer. Well, you look at it compared to like your Sega Genesis clones, your uh, Intellivisions, your yeah. plug and plays. It's that Nintendo quality. You have a freaking wired controller that you can use with your Wii or Wii U. And 30 games in HDMI output and first party licensed by Nintendo itself. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, you look at the box art, it's like the old Nintendo. So when you open it up, you get that little feel like you did back in 1985 when you got your first Nintendo and you just screamed like a little bitch. Oh my god, my got me Nintendo. Here's the other thing that's yeah. amazing is the NES controller if you want the second one, they're they're only $10. Fucker, I just said that. I know. I'm just reiterating. It's amazing. We're bullet pointing the fucking awesomeness of this thing. I had to bring it up again because, I mean, hell, what was the classic control like? Which, of course, it had, what, six more buttons? But yeah. you're talking, or four more buttons. You had uh, yeah, four more buttons, six more buttons, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're talking, what, 20 bucks minimum? So, yeah, you can't play Super Nintendo Virtual Console games, but shit. I mean, for 10 bucks? Yeah. And compatible with three different systems. That's pretty awesome. Kid Icarus. Uh, fuck that game. But uh, Excite Bike. That's an overrated game. So, Metroid's on here. Kid Icarus is good. It's not. I don't think it's the classic that everybody thought it was. I don't know if the staying power is there. Can't believe it doesn't have something like Tetris. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't even have to license Tetris, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Russian government might be kind of—they own it. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, Mega Man Two. That's 
Galaga. Probably my favorite Mega Man for the the first six. Galaga's good and simple, but good. And Pac Man, I mean, hell, you know, I mean, there's some good games, some really good games. Uh, Double Dragon Two, that's the best one of the NES ones. Um, no Castlevania Three. Castlevania Three. Why would they not? Have, I think Castlevania Three had a chip that requires a separate emulation. I don't know if it was in the sound or something. I think it was in the sound. Maybe that's why it's not in there. I'm just speculating. I think. So, anybody more nerdy than me, please, please correct me on that. Maybe that's why that one's not on there. So, man, there's some good games. Some classics, some simple, fast games to sit down and just screw around with, and a few games that you can put some serious time into. Both Zelda's, Star Tropics is a is a longer game. Um, it's not exceedingly long, but it's long enough. Uh, Gradius is not exactly long, but that's that's a game you'll spend hours on trying to beat. So, you know, finishing a season on Tecmo Bowl. It is Mario Brothers two on there. Yep, I got all three Mario's. So, Castlevania no, one and two. They don't have Mario. Where's Mario two? Is it on there? They don't. Yeah. The, uh, Mario one two three had the full list, but they have released a full list. That's pretty stupid. So, and it's sixty bucks. I mean, if you were to buy these on Virtual Console, the games are five dollars a pop. And there's 30 of them, so you're getting a control a system you can plug up to any TV and $150 worth of retro games, um, virtual console games, for 60 bucks. That's a pretty good steal. And if you were to try to buy these um, legit, the real cartridges, if you had a Nintendo, I mean, there's a couple $20 and $30 games on here. You know, minimum you're gonna pay five if you go buy it at the flea market. Of course, there's always another route. So, yeah, you can just emulate them. Yeah. Now, how well Nintendo themselves are going to emulate these, we'll never know. Yeah, if it's like the virtual because console, they haven't released how really they're doing. Play. No, they haven't. Um, emulation. I mean, I like emulation to a point. Certain games. Like, if I play Mario Brothers, I can feel the slight difference in the control and how he responds because the emulation can be a hair off on the frames or something. So it's probably just a matter of me sitting around maybe framing up the emulator, but I never got that too involved with it because I always had the stuff sitting around. So, yeah, I think it's a great move by Nintendo. I hope they release, like, a Super Nintendo version and something else for us all to chase. More carrots on a stick from Nintendo. Maybe we'll have like an Amiibo pack-in edition. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you haven't played any of these games, highly suggest you try them out. Well, at uh, San Diego... God damn it. At San Diego Comic Con, Sega revealed that along with Sonic Mania, there's also another Sonic game. 
Project Sonic 2017. We've had two trailers. Project Sonic 2017 is CGI trailer. Nobody gives a shit because it's a CGI trailer. But the Sonic Mania is a 2D platforming adventure game, and fuck, it looks good. It looks really good. Like, it looks smooth, and it looks like they remixed some of the original levels, and they have new levels, and the graphic style, the animation, everything. It's The game looks really slick. Now, it's developed in collaboration with Christian Whitehead, Headcanon, and Paganda West Games. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely itching to try out Sonic Mania Project Sonic. You're. You're not getting me with a trailer. I haven't even watched a trailer. I don't care. It's CGI. Show me gameplay, um, and I'll might be interested. Yeah. Well, is this E3? Yeah. So. Hello, Sony. Sonic Four was average. Oh God, Sonic Four was there. Let's. Let's split this game up into two two pieces. Yeah, that idiotic crap. That was the big thing. It played well, but it it wasn't Sonic One, Two, or Three. So, or Sonic CD. Project Sonic. It looks like they're doing the um, generations route. What you got two Sonics? That looks like that's what they're doing. And that's the same developers, right? Yeah. Well, it ought to be good. Sonic Callers and Sonic Generations are extremely good games. Um, those are their quality is right up there with the originals. Um, I played Generations on 360, and Callers was a Wii exclusive, and it may not have been as clean looking as Generations, but I think it was a little bit better than Generations. I don't know. No, I, they're equal to me. I'll, I'll say Callers, and that one's equal. Plus, you can play Callers on your Wii with a GameCube control, which was pretty nice. But Sonic Mania does look very well, and they have remixed classic levels. Which yeah, remixed think... levels and new zones. Yeah. I don't. I wish they would not remix the classic levels and just do all new zones because that feels like I'm paying for the same shit again. Yes, it does. So you should take that out because that feels very weak. But um, other than that... If they have... um, If if those are just segments... of the game, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine if it's something like that. Or like... You know, like maybe you start out in the first level and the first 30 seconds of it's just like the Genesis game and then boom. So one thing I noticed is the trailer, it, it plays on the history of Sonic. It talks about it changed the world and then it goes into, it's basically getting back to what Sonic is. And to quote the trailer, it was uh, to discover what made Sonic a gaming icon. So they're getting back to basics. And I know they've said recently that they need to focus on quality, and that's going to be their primary concern moving forward, which should have always been your primary concern. Um, 
you know, another nine months or a year of development time on Sonic. Uh, what was that for the Wii U? It doesn't matter what the hell it was called. It doesn't matter. It was shit. Yeah, the game uh, it was like forty percent of a good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the audit, when the when the target lock was working, it was an excellent. It, it was it had some excellent moments, but again, they need to focus on quality all the time. Or you end up with shit like Sonic and the Black Knight and um, Unleashed, which was okay, but the werewolf parts were just terrible, especially with the Wii Remote. I mean, I don't mind the Wii Remote to a point, but when I got to spend the entire game waggling like I'm retarded, that's yeah. really aggravating. On a Sonic game. You know, you give me a fighting game where I kind of feel like I'm getting into it a little bit, can maybe even role-play into that a little bit, I, I can buy it a lot easier. A fucking platformer, 3D or 2D, I don't give a shit. I don't need to waggle anything. Um, what was your favorite? Occasional. My favorite Sonic game that I've ever played, and I've played all of them, uh, would probably be Sonic Generations for PS3. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> not Generations. The, the, the Sonic 2006. It was the worst Sonic game. I don't know. It's a toss-up between Sonic 2 and um, Sonic Adventure. Sonic Two is pretty good. I'm about to go. I'll probably I'll, I'll probably end up going with Sonic Two, but Sonic Adventure was really really good. I never did beat Sonic Three or Sonic and Knuckles, but I beat one and two. Hmm. And I didn't bother to finish Black Knight or the um, what was the one it was like Sonic Arabian Nights or something. I don't know what it was. I thought, I thought you'd be more of a Sonic pinball guy, but. Yeah, it was okay, um, but I've beat I've beat pretty much all of them except for one or two, and that's just because they sucked really badly. I think yeah, Sonic it, CD was my favorite one. Sonic CD. Mm, man, now I'm now I'm kind of thinking, why didn't I say that to begin with? I, I retract my previous statement and I say that Sonic CD is probably my favorite. Yeah, but it's. I'll say this: It's Sonic CD, Sonic Two. Sonic Two is heavy on the nostalgia. Sonic, Sonic CD Sonic is an evolution of Sonic Two. Sonic Two is really good, though. Yeah, but Sonic CD is, I think, a step just a hair ahead of that. So I will revise that back to Sonic Adventure or Sonic CD. Sonic CD is definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's the best 2D experience. Generations was really good, though. Yeah. 2D. And collars. So I mean, there are. There's been a lot of good Sonic games in the last five years. There's even been a couple of really good Sonic games, but there's been a lot of shit Sonic games either. And then you know, uh, Sonic Lost World was okay, and then Sonic Boom was complete and total horseshit, complete and total dog shit. So I need to go back and finish Generations. Yeah, that's a good one. It was everything was going great until I changed my uh, video card, and then it just shit to bed. It's like you changed your hardware. Yeah, what's the problem? You changed your fucking hardware. Yeah, what's the problem? Say it. And then it just would not allow me to go any further. Click OK to change your settings. Okay. You changed your fucking hardware. Okay. And just would not advance any further than that. Yeah, I hate when shit like that happens. I think, well, fuck you. <laughs> Delete. So, 
Yeah, be excited. Well, at least there's at least steam, so it was okay. It was yeah. fun. But we can be excited there's at least one Sonic game that looks like it's gonna be good. So I don't have much faith in the three D one. I don't care who the hell's making it. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, I don't know. I mean if that's the same team of the generations of callers, it ought to at least be very good. Yeah. Um if they don't rush development. The Flash and um there's a new trailer for The Flash. Scott doesn't watch The Flash. Also, I should. I just don't actively. He should, but he's too busy watching other things. Um, looks pretty good. They are bringing up Flashpoint. Also, Legends of Tomorrow. I did not get to watch that. The, the trailer for that. There's a shitload of movie trailers at Comic-Con San Diego because, you know, Comic-Con San Diego is not about comic books anymore. It's about movies. So, whatever. So that's what we're going to talk about now. Um, this was not at Comic-Con, I don't think, but we're just going to get this out of the way right now. There will be a new Godzilla movie out this year. Uh, Shin Godzilla. No, not that horrible fucking Garth. Gareth Edwards, what's his name? Garth. Gareth. Garth. We're going to rename him Garth. Garth. Garth Edwards because it's a better fucking name. No, the um, the real Godzilla films by Toho. Uh, when's it coming out in Japan? Loading. I think so, but anyway, what's important is it's getting a stateside release. Yes. Later this year. Funimation is currently planning to release Shin Godzilla in theaters in late 2016. Yes. So you will get to see a real Godzilla film. Shin Godzilla. Um, there is a trailer out for it right now. I guess for the last couple of years, Godzilla's been fucked up seriously with radiation. Yeah. So I think in the last film I saw, he was fucked up. Um, Are you trying to inject continuity into Godzilla right now? <laughs> but, but the last time I saw him, he was totally fucked up too. He's... Uh... What, what movie I've seen, was that? I've, I've seen him fucked up before. Like, totally fucked up. Well, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, he was burning Godzilla because the radiation inside of him actually melted him at the end of the movie. So um, he was, like, glowing red inside his guts. Is that the one you're talking about? Well, this isn't the first time I've seen him fucked up like this. It's like he, he, he's melting at the core. Uh, what was the one he fought the thing that was kind of a ripoff of a xenomorph? What was that one called? I forget what that one was called, but I'm pretty sure he got slashed up pretty bad in that one. But I've only seen that one once. I'm trying to think what the name of that movie was. And then, uh, let's see, uh, Final Wars? I haven't seen that one in a long time. I'm trying to think of what... How did that... I know, I know they beat the aliens at the end, but I'm trying to think if Godzilla died at the end of that one or not. I don't think he did, but I, I can't swear to it. 
That's just how Godzilla rolls. He he dies from time to time. Um, I know I, the last time I checked in on this new Godzilla, I went to Toho Kingdom, which is a pretty good site to check out Godzilla stuff. It's a- anything involving kaiju, basically, uh, but mostly Godzilla. And uh, they had that's a pretty good initial buzz, but I haven't been there in a while to see what the hardcore fans think about it. So, yeah, but we are getting a new Godzilla film later this year, and it's going to be in American theaters. That's flipping well. Distribution rights. I hope it's. I hope it's a wide release. (laughs) It probably won't be, but. Uh, I probably have to go to fucking Houston to watch it or something. Well, like Godzilla two thousand was wide distribution, so yeah. Looks like you and I will probably be making another trip to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely possible. I'm I'm absolutely going to go find a theater. I mean, if it's within a few hours, I will make the drive because I love Godzilla. Oh my gosh, G Fest. Did I miss G Fest? I promised my son I would take him to G Fest. I'm betting I did. It's usually in the summer. Damn it! Oh well, he'll uh, he gets all kinds of nerd stuff. <laughs> yep. June fifteenth through July seventeenth. Shit. Damn it. June fifteenth through seventeenth next year. No, that's the Muskie G Fest. Is that the same as the big G Fest? No, G Fest G Fest thirteen. Well crap. Damn it. I don't think you're gonna promise when we go to that. No, but uh, that was before we went to Disney World. And I did take it to Disney World, so Well you're taking them to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Man, I really wanted to go to G Fest. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Chicago that bad, but I did want to go to G Fest. <laughs> Maybe next year WrestleMania will be in Chicago. Yeah. Damn it. The year after next. But uh, let's see. Okay, uh, we'll do Justice League last. Okay. So we have a new Captain Marvel. Brie Larson is confirmed to be Captain Marvel. Bad casting. Yeah, I I I mean I remember I vaguely remember her from Scott Pilgrim. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't know who the hell she is. She does not. I've know. heard the name quite a few times, but I just don't know who the hell she is. She looks nothing like Captain Marvel. No, he's got like a big lightning bolt on his chest, and he's a dude. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, is this the, is this more of the freaking gentrification of America? Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's even the wrong studio. It's Hell? a DC character. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. They went for an Oscar winner here. So Marvel's bringing out the big guns because they're obviously losing against DC in their superior films. Well, holy shit. Check this out. She's filming a movie called with Woody Harrelson called The Glass Castle. And it begins filming in West Virginia, West Virginia in May of 2016. So, well, it's all down here from there. That's right. So she'll play Carol Danvers. Well, I don't really. I just don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with her. So, I mean, I I remember she was supposed. To, I had to look it up. But she's apparently the evil ex girlfriend in Scott Pilgrim. 
And I'm assuming she was the sister in Don John. And after that, I haven't seen Trainwreck or any of these other movies. I don't recognize her from anything on uh, um, TV either. So she hosted Saturday Night Live. So she must be something of a celebrity. She sings. I just don't know who she is. So anyways, she looks like she looks like uh, Summer Glow, Summer Glow in this picture from uh, Serenity, the Terminator TV show, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Hmm. But anyways, I think it's pretty cool they're having a uh, Captain Marvel movie. Um, it'd be really cool if uh, she uh, got taken out by Rogue, but that's a different. That's not happening. <laughs> and then the Rogue in the freaking X movies really wasn't that interesting. Uh, I still think Yvonne Stravinsky would have been better, but whatever. I don't even know that is either. So. All right. A Batman the Killing Joke. Number three at the box office to yesterday. It beat out Ghostbusters. <laughs> Well, that's not hard to do now, is it? No. Came in third. $3 million on a Monday on its debut. Is that a one-day release? What? Yes. The Killing Joke is just a one-day release. Yes. Okay. 1,300 theaters. $2,396 theater average. Damn, that's a pretty good average. Um, Star Trek was a $1,592 Average Secret Life of Pets one thousand and thirty one, but they of course are in a couple thousand more theaters, so they made a little bit more. That's pretty impressive though, really. Two thousand three hundred ninety six dollars on a Monday per theater. The other news that came out was we've been talking about for a while that Kurt Russell would be in Guardians of the Galaxy too. So excited! Yeah, that he's going to play. A well, living planet. Yes. <laughs> he is Peter Quill's father. And Peter Quill's father is Ego, the living planet. You know what? I'm all for it. Just accept the nerdiness of comic books and you get success. Just like all the Marvel movies. They completely accept what they are. And the movies are good for it. For the most part. And that comes direct. That's not a spoiler. That comes directly from James Gunn. So there you go. So he, he's did it. He, you can't call us on that when the fucking director himself and writer comes out and says it. So there you go. I guess we'll see how that works out. I'm interested to see how it works out. I want to see the uh, special effects for that one. Kurt Russell's The Living Planet. Looking at this picture that they have on Latino Review, kind of does look like Kurt Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's going to be so over-the-top cheesy, it's going to work. I have faith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
guess we should have done this story next earlier, but whatever. We saw the first trailer for Skull Island or Kong Skull Island, which is the lead up reboot to Godzilla versus King Kong and whenever that fucking comes out. Twenty set twenty twenty? Ah uh, yeah, it's down the road. Um like they significantly had a, down the road. Yeah, they had to make Kong bigger so he could fight Godzilla. That's not big, big enough. Yeah, it's not big enough. But if you consider his... Um, he might still be growing, too. That's probably a plot point, if I had to guess. Well, if you consider his intelligence, his agility, his speed, and he has opposable thumbs, uh, he is a good match for Godzilla. Blasphemy. He's not going to beat Godzilla, but if you consider all of that... You like Raphael versus that little demon thing in the animated Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah. I mean, but that, that goddamn, that was a good movie. But if you consider... I want to watch that again. That scene especially. Yeah. But if, if you consider all of that, I mean, it is... It's like Ray Mysterio Jr. against like fucking Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it is. If you consider all that, though, I mean, it's speed and agility against like raw power. Yeah, but Kong is a strong motherfucker. But if he, his intelligence against brute brute force. Now we can we now if we want to get into the intelligence side of thing of the history. I mean, Godzilla. Godzilla he's intelligent. He is. But the to that's Toho. Legendary Godzilla hasn't been shown anything to be more than just an animal. So Toho Godzilla might figure it out and put it, do something, but you know, um, but as far as the actual movie trailer, the trailer for the movie we're talking about, fucking awesome. It was very, very good. And Sam Jackson versus King Kong is a great lead into (laughs) King Kong versus Godzilla. (laughs) It's it's uh, Mace Windu versus Godzilla. If only, <laughs> if only Hollywood would have the courage. Because <laughs> as we all know, Mace Windu didn't die. No shit. He flies out the window, and as he's falling to his death, Kong catches him because he's just curious because he was getting ready to rampage on Coruscant, and he recovers his lightsaber and goes to war with with Kong. Yeah, uh, Skull Island looks. I mean, it, it evoked a little bit of like Predator with the way that the first off the model of helicopter and then them all flying in. Is it set in the sixties? No, the 70s? I don't know when it's set. The gear, the clothing, the weapons, the M sixty, all that stuff seems like it was dating the movie to the sixties or seventies or something. So that's my take. I don't think it could be, though, because he has to fight Godzilla today. Well, maybe he's got to grow for a few more decades. Or maybe after the colossal ass-whooping he's going to take from Sam Jackson, he has to go into some sort of hibernation sleep to recover. It'll take him like three decades. Yeah. Sam Jackson's winning this fight. (laughs) Looks like Sam Jackson's going to be kind of like your villain by the time it's over because he's, you know, man's going to show him who's king or whatever. 
So, but casting uh, John Goodman looked good though. Yeah, I was gonna say casting John Goodman and Samuel Jackson in the same movie. Yeah, that's good casting. Not to mention, like John Goodman has always been one of my favorite actors, and but his delivery of the lines in the trailer, I was just like, holy cow! Like, <laughs> this dude's freaking. He's he's being epic. I mean, his delivery, his 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 acting was just yeah. Uh, well, when, when you got fucking, it was great. You got fucking Mace Windu and Low Key in the same fucking movie with you. You gotta fucking bring it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah, Hiddleston's in there, but he's in he's the trailer. Doing, he's not doing much. The other two are outshining him, but that's just because the trailers. The trailer didn't really pick very many shots of him. There was just a few. A few. Did he even speak in the trailer? No, I think he said. Like, I think he said one little thing about nature or something. I'm not sure. I just know that I remember he was like picking stuff up and looking at it. There's one scene that kind of bugged me was there's like 50 guys standing behind uh, Brie Larson. And uh, here we go. Here's a Brie Larson movie. So anyways, um, and they start firing their guns over her head and there's like no reaction. But I'm, I'm guessing maybe it's something big and ominous they're shooting at. I think it's. It just looked silly to me. But the problem is, is that it's a teaser, not really a trailer. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a sequence of teases. Yeah. But so. overall, it looks pretty fucking sweet. It, it's a very good trailer. Let's just hope it doesn't pull a Wolverine. Yeah, and let's. Um, Edwards is not directing this thing, so we know that when they sow Kong, they're not going to cut away to some kid in a fucking village watching TV. Uh, that that may go down as one of the worst cinematic offenses in history. And he's doing Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. So let's... Yeah. Why did you know you don't want to show too much? We have seen this monster for 50 years, 60 years. In 30 movies, I don't think it really matters at this point. I can't wait till the first time they get race. They saw Darth Vader and he fucking cuts away. Oh. <laughs> It'll get up to his chest or his belt or something and cut away. It won't even make it all the way up to his damned head. So, Do you think yeah. people will get fucking pissed off in the theater if, if he gets, they get ready to show Vader for the first time and they cut away? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was... In fact, when I went and watched Godzilla, I was shocked at the box office because I know it was just my one single theater, but there it was standing. There were people standing to watch that movie. There was not an empty seat. the The theater held several hundred people, and I mean, there was people lined up in the aisles. That's like, the one God bless. No, this was the one in Athens, oh. and the the uh, Athena Grand, and. That's the most packed I've ever seen a theater for a movie, ever. So I was completely shocked when that Sunday came and the movie was just, meh, mediocre release. I was like, wow. But, you know, apparently Godzilla's popular where we live. So. Well, let's see which one's first. I'm sorry, the whole point of me even bringing that up was that the moment when it cut to the kid, there was the audience literally groaned in unison. I bet, I bet 30 or 40% of the people in there was like, ah, what the hell? You know? Yeah. And my son even turned and looked at me. He said, what? <laughs> he was six. So yeah, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, cause it was an epic reveal. It was right up to that moment. 
the the movie still had me, and from then on, it was complete trash. Yeah, and even when I tried to watch it again, you know, I I knew that was coming, so I didn't think that disappointment would affect the rest of the movie for me. And it, and I realized it wasn't that disappointment that affected the rest of the movie. It was just there's half a good movie there, and the other half is shit. And if you watch something like called the Godzilla cut where they this showed the parts of Godzilla, it would be the most jumbled mess you could imagine. Yeah. For yeah, there's no there's no continuity of anything in that fucking film. After the first hour. The next hour is just complete shit. So but anyways. It could be badass. I mean the parts where Godzilla's in there are fucking epic yes he just cuts at the most stupid parts it's like so i can watch atj have yet another encounter with the muto what it's like four fucking encounters face to face with that fucking thing and it doesn't kill him it's it's stupid hollywood does not understand no the monster wasn't even really a threat yeah he killed a bunch of background characters and fucking cgi bugs it's like people Hollywood does not understand. Well, we want people, the audience, to care about the the human. No, look, we don't give a fuck about the humans. We want to see Godzilla fuck shit up. Yeah, you know, like, I don't give a fuck about the people at the camp. I want to see Jason kill these motherfuckers. I don't care about the people having the dreams. I want to see Freddy kill these motherfuckers. Right? Do not understand. Character development works in many movies, but there's a few series of movies. That you just don't need a, hardly any, if any at all. So, yeah, and, and they were actually making it work in the first half of Godzilla, and then they killed off Brian Cranston. Yeah, <laughs> there was some even ATJ was growing a little bit. You saw this conflict with his father, and his father's conflict with seeking the truth, and nobody believing him, and him being shut down by the government. And there, there was a lot of good messages in the first half of the damn movie. Yeah. And then it was let them fight. As soon as they fucking killed Brian Cranston, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" The one good thing about this movie, you just fucking <laughs> killed. And I'm trying to think. Uh, the actor is so good too. The Japanese actor, what the hell is his name? I can't Anyways, his name. he he he, was, uh, is, he, was good. he is us. Yeah, let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's the audience. This guy has no interest in stopping the monsters. He just wants to see the monsters fucking go at it. Let them fight. Yeah, you know, that, that's basically his role in the movie is to be like, who can't stop this? They're going to freaking go at it. Let them fight. I want to see monster action. That, that's his, that, he was the audience. And it's so ironic that that character played out like that because, yeah. <laughs> because there it was. And, and then the, the female crying in the movie, which I thought was pretty stupid. Uh, considering you know, yeah, Godzilla saved your ass, but you have it's, it. He was eating them. He was fighting the monsters there. He wasn't actively working to save anybody. Um, there is an argument that he saved the people on the bridge, but anyways, moving on. Um, she's the audience. That was that's more irony. This is this is what the audience would have felt had you just showed the fucking monsters. Yeah, joy. <laughs> she got to see the fucking monsters. We didn't. So. Oh. One thing we got to see was the Wonder Woman trailer, which we should have seen before Batman versus Superman. But and the radioactive snowball was pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, being fucking Warner Brothers, reference. they fuck everything up. And 
Now they have to sell Wonder Woman as a fucking prequel before everything else. Instead of just releasing it beforehand. You know, like Captain America? Yeah. Um, that being said, this trailer looks really good. Yes. I want to watch this movie more than I do Justice League, for sure. Um, yes. This, I was extremely impressed with the trailer for this. Top to yes, bottom. Yes, no Zack Snyder. Jeff Jones co-wrote it. And even the, the scenes of the female empowerment lines... So I'm all for female empowerment, believe it or not, but I hate when it's heavy-handed, hey, look at me, I'm a girl kind of empowerment. It didn't feel like that. She, the, It felt natural. The wording was natural. The delivery was natural because she was raised in a society without any sort of patriarchy. And she just was like, boom, now you don't, you don't get to decide or whatever it was she said to the actor. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and then the scene with the secretary at the end, well, from where I come from, we call that a slave. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was great. Um, and I'm not a social justice warrior, so there you go. I thought it, I thought it worked really well. Uh, the action looked pretty good, though I am curious as to why she's so concerned about bullets. Is she not bulletproof in this movie? She is. Okay. She spends an awful lot of time blocking. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'll watch the it fucking movie. It would slow her down, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like trying to block the bolts. I'm just saying she took shots from Doomsday. So I'm trying to. It's I'm saying like that, any shrapnel will probably slow you down. Yeah, it's like a uh, the Superman dilemma in writing Superman. You know, what's the threat to him that hasn't been done 10,000 well, times with does. either. She's not as strong as Superman. So. Right, but Doomsday fucking blasted her and she didn't die. Yeah. So maybe there's just a lack of continuity on her resistances. Or maybe it's just for fucking eye candy to watch her fight people. Probably. So As long as there's a good story, I'll, I'm fine with that. Well, maybe it's, it's kind of like um, you can take a bullet if you're wearing Kevlar, but if you take a, a knife, it's going to go through. Right. Maybe, like that. Or maybe a high-powered enough bullet or something. So, yeah, it just it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb to me. It's like she shouldn't even be phased by these things. But so, I don't know. Uh, Chris Pine seems good in it too. So, yeah, fake Kirk. He he did okay. Yeah, I, I you know I like that guy. I like that guy. I just don't, I didn't like the way they wrote Kirk. That's that's the problem. It's yeah. not it's not you, Chris. It's Fucking JJ. He doesn't know anything about Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see if Simon Pegg fixes any of that as a writer. Oh, wait. He was told by an original actor this isn't the vision of the original creator, and he was basically told the actor to go fuck himself. Hmm. <laughs> they made it a point this week to say that the the villain was very much like a Klingon or a Trump. <laughs> it's like, seriously, you douche. I don't like Trump either, but don't be a douche. Hmm. But uh, and if he's way. corrupt, he's more likely to be more like Hillary. So there you go. Now we're fair and balanced. <laughs> yeah, we're more like Fox now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said fair and balanced. Yeah. Now, now if we only had the budget, we could make a good alien movie. Yeah. Keep my, not keep my fingers crossed for that, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all in all, 
the lasso looked good. The sword, the armor, the... I don't know if it was just the Batman versus Superman had to be dark just to be dark because I'm dark and gothic. But well, they, well, there's no smiling and laughter in in, in the DC universe. Remember? Yeah, exactly. Um, but she has blue on. Did she have blue on in the freaking? No, no, no. Was that black that she, she had, wore? She had bright red and Wonder Woman and and Batman or Superman. She had like this kind of. It was all muted. Dark red, muted red. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's been like. A hundred years, almost. So I guess over time she just, yeah, just gave up hope. Think of being dark, so whatever. Um, I thought I thought the costume looked better in this one because it has color. Yeah, I and to me, I'm looking at the poster. It is muted enough that it isn't like real super bright and flashy and just goofy looking. I mean, it's goofy looking at its core. There's no getting around yeah, that. It's, it's not goofier than it needs to be. And when you, and that's the thing that like with Batman versus Superman, they tried to make her look like a warrior. Yeah, but it was just dark for the sake of being dark. And I don't know. It just came off as wank to me. So it looked too much like Xena. I think cyborg looks like shit. Cyborg does look like shit. He looks like shit. He looks like total fucking dog shit. When you look worse than Aquaman, you are fucking terrible. You mean Roman Reigns? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, we're t- that's Justice League. Just to finish up, it's a very good trailer. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But it looks very promising. It definitely has a Captain America vibe to it. So, And they, in the trailer, they actually talk about how she is the daughter of Zeus. So they're going with that. Yeah, they're acknowledging magic and supernatural in the whole nine yards. So, yeah, that's a positive step that DC is taking that Marvel hasn't really jumped onto until Doctor Strange comes out, barring a line of dialogue saying, well, you know, you call it magic, others call it science, yeah. like Thor said. So, yeah. So, yeah. It looks good, though. I have yeah. a lot of hope. Anything that does not involve Zack Snyder, I have hope. And it was directed by a woman, I believe. So DC's I mean, it just looks taking, good. DC's taking the step. See, see, Hollywood, this is how you make a, a, a female look like a badass without making you look stupid. Yeah. You know, uh, like, I don't know, Ghostbusters or, you know, orgasm faces when you're getting punched by Doomsday, you know, kind yeah. of stupid shit. Zack. The big sultry smile when he knocked the shit out of me. Yeah, that's because women love getting the shit knocked out of him, right? Yeah, Zach. God, I'm going to turn into social justice warrior because of Zack Snyder. Damn you, Zack Snyder. And then we had the Justice League trailer. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I like uh, snarky Batman. Yes, Batman's much more proper in this one. Yeah, um, much, much more. I can beat everybody's ass here because if you watch Batman versus Superman. The basic premise and story that I learned from watching it is that Superman can will get his ass beat by Batman. However, Batman cannot beat Doomsday's ass. He right? can't do jack shit to Doomsday except run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but Batman can beat Superman's ass. He just can't beat Doomsday's ass. Right? Right. Okay. So, so Batman is still the number one ass kicker, but he can't beat Doomsday's ass. Right. 
But he can beat Superman's ass, and Superman can beat everybody's ass, but Batman. So, but Batman is better than Superman. Super, but Superman can beat Doomsday. But Batman can beat Superman's ass, so Batman's better, right? Right, yeah. But Superman can still beat Doomsday's ass, but still Batman's better, right? Right. We have to accept that now. Since Batman basically laid the fucking smackdown on Superman. In that he movie. did beat Superman's ass. <laughs> Which... Because he sells more if, merchandise. If they had followed a little closer <laughs> to the Dark Knight, it would have been a lot more appropriate for it to be so one-sided. If they would have done that movie last in this fucking series, it would have been so much better. We'll, we'll get into Batman versus Superman here in a minute. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Justice League a little bit longer. Um, first off, which I am referencing Batman versus Superman, I'm sorry, but I thought Aquaman and the Flash looked like total freaking garbage in Batman vs. Superman. However... Flash looked like total shit. Flash looked... I He was not even... I just... He looked horrible. He had that he fucking good little beard, a little mustache. Beard yeah, it looked stupid. It was like a wispy mustache. I couldn't, I you know, I couldn't tell what the hell he was. I, I was, is this, is this, is that, is that even a, is that a mustache? Yeah. I thought like he'd been eating like Oreos or something. Am I too early? Yeah. Oh, oh god. But no, um, I'm, I'm convinced on the Flash so far. Oh, he was a good Flash. He's yes, not, he, he, he was doing good. He's just not. My Flash. No, he's not my Flash either. Even though I've only watched like nine episodes or ten episodes of that show, it's still my Flash. The um, problem is now when I I read like any Flash issues, you're like, as, as soon as he starts doing, it's I'm I'm the fastest man alive. Now when I read that, I hear the beginning of the Flash, and I'm I'm hearing yeah. it in in in, in his well, voice. I'm like, this oh, guy fuck. delivered his lines pretty well, and he looks. He fits the role. He fits the role, so I'm I'm fine with it. Um, the guy playing Cyborg seemed a little flat, but acceptable. Uh, he can't really help his fucking special effects character design. <laughs> and well, they Aquaman, spent all the money on Superman getting storing shit, probably. Yeah, um, Aquaman looks good. I'm surprised. Roman really, Reigns looks good in this movie. Yes, he does. Um, but you know, Jason Momoa is not freaking. Uh, I like Jason Momoa. He's not Robert De Niro, but he's he could he. I think he's an actor. I mean, he's he's doing he does what well. To do, he did great in Game of Thrones in the limited episodes he was in. Um, he was in four or five episodes. Spoiler: If you haven't seen season one or whenever it was, he kicks the freaking curb. Um, Conan wasn't a very good movie. That's but not he good. was not the problem with the movie. Fucking shit writing, and it was like that fucking movie seemed like it could have came out the same fucking summer as Call. He <laughs> was Sorbo. I mean, that fucking movie had, was just dog shit, like Call. Stargate. He's good in Stargate. Yeah, that's but, where uh, I saw him. I thought he, he, well, if if he to play that same role in. Um, Aquaman, if that's the way they're going, he should be a badass fucking Aquaman. If they do the what was it, Justice League Unlimited, when where he cut his arm off, or is that regular Justice League? I you know I don't remember. Um, I think it was Unlimited. It was one where he cuts his arm off. Uh, yeah, 
then uh, Wonder Woman just seemed like Wonder Woman, but Batman definitely a different tone um, than the last uh, uh, Batfleck. Again, Ben Affleck was not the problem with BVS. No, it's fucking Zack Snyder having it's the writing correct. Fucking, it's it's the fucking writing and directing and the editing that was the problem with that movie. Um, that and the complete fucking Batman's lost his fucking rocker and he's just killing people at random. But yeah. we'll get into that in a little bit longer. In a little bit. Uh, Superman's not in the trailer, <laughs> but he's here on the fucking poster. Yeah. Uh, which they might be thinking, yeah, we got to sell Superman. I mean, it's. I mean, we know he's coming back, but regardless. Spoiler. It's, it's fucking DVDs out. <laughs> it's not a fucking spoiler. The DVDs out. Um, Superman died. You, we don't know who's coming back. He fought Doomsday. Damn it! What do you think happened? Um, but yeah, but we don't know who's coming back. You don't know that. Yeah, he's on the poster. He's not coming back. He's on the poster. He died. Once a once a hero dies, they don't ever come back. Scott never happened before ever. No. So. Uh, the whole building the team aspect, we've seen that a few dozen times in the last five years, but I don't care. It looks, this looks good. So, um, Batman and Aquaman had a very interesting dynamic. Um, they're both Aquaman, assholes. they're both assholes and neither one's to be trifled with. <laughs> yeah. And Aqua or the Flash, dude. That that guy really freaking sold me. And what my favorite part of the trailer was Batman turns around and I mean it's kind of silly that Batman would just be like, oh, "I know you're the Flash, but you want to join my team." Instead, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to try and kill this kid." <laughs> and he throws a fucking razor sharp batarang in his face. Well, of course, the movie goes to like super slow mo because you know Flash is the fastest man alive, and he he just kind of sees it coming. And he leans back, and he's letting the batarang fly by his face. Well, he has kind of a pissed-off look on his face. He's but. like, who the fuck is this motherfucker throwing these ninja stars? That's a fucking batarang. And you just see it dawn on his face like, fuck. And then he turns back around, and Batman tries to, hey, you you know, I'm trying to put a team together. And he's like, yeah, I guess I, I'm good. Don't say another word. I'm in. You know, yeah. you can see the realization, holy shit, that's fucking Batman. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like I'm Bruce Wayne. He's like, yeah, but why are you sitting in my second favorite chair? And he and he throws the battering, and he's pissed off. Like, motherfucker, this threw a. Oh my god, he's Batman. <laughs> I'm in. It's the look on that guy. I don't know who the actor is, but the look on his face, man, it was it was priceless, and it fit that scene perfectly. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Zack Snyder, um, who has made a few good films. Doesn't fuck this movie up. Well, like we said before, now that Ben Affleck is the executive producer or producer on, on there, he's stepping up and saying, <clears throat> um, no. producer, two Oscars, and I'm Batman. Yeah, I'm your linchpin, bitch. Do what I say. <laughs> so, and, and they're pretty much banking on me for every fucking future movie. I'm now the uh, king of this fucking franchise. So, um, honestly, yeah, he's the executive producer of the second film. He's a star of the first one, or well, the second one in the universe. Yeah. Um, and he's directing, writing, producing the solo Batman film. He's the um, AVA rad of the DC comic universe movies. I hope. Well, they are. They've decided that. Batman is the centerpiece of all the uh, 
the entire universe now. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the popularity, he's, he's the most popular DC character. And he was the best thing about Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. But this trailer, they didn't really show a lot of Wonder Woman in the trailer. Justice League. No, she just gave, like I said, Wonder Woman was just Wonder Woman. She gave a, she what, had like one line or something. One or two lines. Yeah, asking, talking about. Asking about how, how it went with uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, Not much to say about Cyborg. Um, no. Black guy got the least screen time. <laughs> yeah, thanks, DC. You got one fucking, you got like six words. Yeah. Um, so. I, oh, I think he said, he asked, uh, no, he uh, mentioned to Batman, I thought you were, I didn't think you were real. And Batman said, I'm real when I need to be. Something like that. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good line. Yeah. The, um, of course, Wonder Woman didn't really need a lot of screen time justly because she fucking destroyed it in her own movie. So, yeah, you don't really need her to be a lot of a fixture in the trailer because... She's getting her own movie. The music for Justice League fucking sucked. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. It's speaking. Well, we'll talk about Batman versus Superman in a minute. <laughs> Let's just talk about Batman versus Superman yeah. and get it over with. Uh, Jesus Christ. Fuck this movie. Um, we watched the extended fuck. cut this weekend. Yeah, we watched the extended cut. Um, I did not watch the original, so I can't compare and contrast. Um, Scott, you want to compare what was and what was not? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll do my best. Um, one thing. Uh, what was the biggest thing that was added to this that was necessary that should have been in the theatrical? Uh, Superman being a fucking reporter. Oh. <laughs> Uh, basically, fucking Clark Kent argues with the Perry White a few times, and you don't really see him doing any field reporting. And he's actually out doing something. And the biggest thing was, if you it, take all the scenes of Superman or Clark Kent investigating out. Now imagine the moment where he's telling um, Batman, basically, when he first confronts Batman, what's he say to him? He tears the fucking uh, Batmobile apart and... The bat is dead. Yeah, I'm showing mercy or something like that. Like almost yeah. like he's flat telling him, "I'll fucking kill you." And that scene made no fucking sense with Superman's character. I remember sitting there, I'm like, "Why is he being so fucking?" I mean, I knew he had issues with Batman beating the fuck out of people and shit like that. But the depth of just malice that Superman had when he confronted him, you're like, Jesus Christ. When he sees the family members that are suffering because their loved ones may be criminals that are getting branded by Batman and dying, uh, you know, and they say that he doesn't answer anything but violence, basically, it makes a lot more sense because he's investigated this character like a journalist would, and he has an understanding of him when he gets to – a better understanding of him. That was the biggest takeaway for me for the movie, though I still feel, feel like Superman and Clark Kent were completely underutilized and underwritten it made a much bigger difference to that pivotal first meetup scene to me um no the, the, the theatrical version 
do they have it to where whenever somebody gets branded by Batman, they get put into prison prison, and then they get executed in there? I don't remember if the stabbing seems in the theatrical cut, but I do know that it's communicated in dialogue that bad shit happens to you in prison. And basically... Does Batman know that happens? Uh, I, I don't remember if it if it was in a theatrical cut or not. Well, actually, he's that just fucking no. He's Batman. Did Batman know in the extended cut? I don't think so. I don't think he ever. I don't think he actually fucking gives a shit. Really, I don't think he does because he's just all about fucking killing in this movie. <laughs> um, but anyways, the scene with um, Africa when Lois. Is you know in the CIA spot oh, spoilers. Out. Yeah, spoilers. It makes more sense, and it's a it's more clear. Like um, the flamethrower scene wasn't in the movie. I don't think it was in the theatrical cut um, to make it look like he used heat vision. Even though I'm pretty sure they would smell like fucking napalm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it made more sense as to why they thought Superman did it. Plus, Lex paying off the woman to testify against Superman and her getting shoved in front of the bus, stuff like that, or in front of the, the um, subway. subway train. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it made more sense. It, it it made a not so good movie an okay flick, but there are some serious failures in the third act. Uh, the movie is still messy. Why'd you say that name? I, I, I still think that works. Why'd you say the execution was so fucking horrible. That was the that was probably the that was the moment in the film where Ben Affleck faltered as far as delivering his lines and acting. He he didn't seem believable. Why'd oh, you say that? Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the best the, I, I, man. He didn't do well with that scene. How can you? I the thought way. I thought I thought the idea behind the scene was solid. The execution was poor. Yeah, it was a poor. They, they they didn't stick the landing on that one. Yeah, say say the psycho's mother's name <laughs> right before he's about to kill you. That can shock him for a second. I I believe, but yeah, he, he, he the execution was kind of poor. Got ready to stab him, and then he said Martha. He should have been like, "What?" Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, and then you do that long fucking five minute flashback again. Everybody I, fucking remembers Martha. We fucking know. It's, Martha's his fucking mother's name. Yes. If you've been alive since the mid-80s. 1938. If you've been alive long enough to see the original Batman movie and the animated series and every other fucking Batman thing that's ever been done, you know the Waynes get fucking murdered. They filmed that sequence a hundred fucking times. But we didn't have to go back through the entire fucking flashback scene again. Yeah. That was kind of unnecessary. Um, editing there, but but he didn't have to keep saying, "What'd you say that name? Why why'd you say that name? Huh? Why'd you say?" And now every time, <laughs> it, it makes that how it should have ended so much more fucking funny. Yeah, but the and but the citizens again back with Batman. No, I'm still fucking pissed off over this now. Then, then he goes in there and he saves his his mom, and she, she's like, 
uh, I'm afraid of Clarks. <laughs> oh, they're they're fucking super friends now. All of a sudden, yeah, super friends. Your mom, his name's Martha, and mine is too. Let's stop fighting and be super friends. Yeah. Only two people can have the same fucking name. Like, it would have worked out better if oh we would have got Michael Keaton delivery of him just kind of stepping back and like, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I've been a real big dick about this whole thing. Your mom's name. <laughs> <laughs> if he had channeled Keaton right there and delivered it kind of like that, you know, obviously with talent and like I, <laughs> like I don't have, but you know, you know, I've been, I've been a real dick. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'll go save your mom. Um, you're still an asshole, but I'll, you know, call me and we'll fucking stop something bad. Fine. I can deal with that. But yeah, the fucking super friends shit, you know, and, and even at the end of the movie, the whole I failed him line. <laughs> I don't know. Again, it's not terrible. I fucked up. The extended cut is not terrible, um, but it's not great either. I'll fight for any man's mother's name is Martha. <laughs> yeah. But fuck. Oh. Um God. Oh, that fucking Martha line. Oh. Yeah, and then we got um naked bare ass Batman the bad in the ass. shower. And someone says fuck. Cause that's really important. Um you know, I, I understand it's ignorant and stupid. To be like, oh, I don't want dirty words in my movies. And people are getting their sh- heads ripped off and blown up and stuff. It's a piss. Was that but a it's natural? fucking Batman and Superman. People's taking five-year-olds to see graphic violence. At least keep the dirty words out of it. Jeez Louise. You know? <laughs> Wait, it just aggravates me when well, I do that. Well, you know, you can say fuck in, in uh, X-Men movies. As long as you only say it once. You can say it once. Yep. They said fuck twice in this movie. Yeah, that's, that's where your R came from. You're allowed to say fuck in a PG-13 movie as long as it's not used about the act of fucking. Yeah. Like, I'm I still I, fuck you in the ass. And Lois and Jenna Malone... Um, still don't know who the fuck Jenna Malone is. I don't know what the fuck the point in that was, really. Um... So, anyways, moving on. What, who the fuck, fuck is her character? I, I I don't know. I didn't. It didn't make sense to me. I mean, have we fucking figured out who she is yet? No, I haven't Did bothered to look. In the fucking character listing. It wasn't really described well in the movie. So, um. Yeah. I don't, I don't really. I'm, she has something to do with the bullet. Yeah, but I want to know who her fucking character is. Yeah. <laughs> you know the worst line in this movie. I'm sorry. Had to be when they talked about what stops Batman. <laughs> know what stops him? A fist. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you totally ruined the five minutes of good film that we had with Superman investigating shit. And no one stops him a fist. So yeah. Um Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. It didn't make sense. You know, and and 
something else that got me. They do the bombing, right? In the Senate. And the senator's looking at the bottle of piss that's labeled Granny's Peach Tea, which is actually fucking great that Lex played on that. But in what world would... Okay, so I've went and talked to Lex Luthor. He seems like a dickhead. He seems like he's rich. He seems megalomaniacal or whatever. He wants to assassinate Superman. She fucking picks up really quickly that he's wanting to shoot Superman or kill him. So she refuses to let him have something or other. And uh, some Kryptonian stuff. And um, how she makes the leap of logic... Oh, well, fuck whatever. I like whatever. So, anyways, with the senator, how she makes the leap of logic that Grandma's peach tea's there and I'm about to die, <laughs> and the complete fucking shutdown of her mental faculties before the bomb goes off, I, I didn't like that in the theatrical cut, and I didn't really see what was any different in the extended cut. It was a fucking shit sequence. Um, the the brilliance of Lex is awesome, but it just did, it was just an idiotic leap of logic. Um, it just didn't really make sense. Lex was so. fucking horrible in this movie. Oh yeah, he was he was very bad. Um, he was. I mean, he has as far as if I were to look at it on paper, I would say, well, you know, some of this is pretty good. Um, but he's he's constantly telling a story. He's constantly giving an illustration. He's he's just uh, he's just fucking stupid. I mean, there's. There's nothing to like about Lex. I mean, he's menacing. I mean, I'll give him that. But he's just stupid. He he's played. His voice is idiotic. He he makes me think more of like the Riddler than anything. I, he wasn't Lex fucking Luther. No. 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 He wasn't even a Gene Hackman Luther. At least Gene Hackman Luther was better shown to be a genius than this one. She plays Janet Claiborne. I think it had something to do with the bullet. It has something to do with the bullet, but her character's name is Janet Claiborne. I'm on IMDb right now. Janet Claiborne. Hmm. Donna Justice. Janet Claiborne. Um, so her character is fucking worthless. Just some, some fucking person. Yeah. The other point in the movie that really aggravated me was Superman. The bomb goes off. Superman's helping the people out, and immediately the media is like, "Was Superman a part of it?" That raises the question because he flew off, and it's like, yeah, after he carried out thirty fucking bodies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't make any sense. In the in the plot, it did, I mean, I know that there's this distrust growing over Superman because people are starting to question just how powerful is he, and, and that that is a, that is an excellent theme for the movie when you're first sitting down to write it. But the execution is shit. The media, it Superman wanted to kill everybody. He would just fucking walk in and kill everybody. <laughs> I'll set a yeah. fucking bomb off. Yeah, it's just. But then again, who knows? Maybe Zack Snyder's making a fucking. Uh, Statement about the idiocy of the media and the way they report everything. So, because real life media is like that. 
Yeah, they like to twist everything. Yep. Then you had the um, so you know, I legitimately felt sad watching this movie because I'm sitting there watching Superman, this hero, being fucking murdered in front of my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, this is not my fucking Superman. No. And it wasn't like the end of the movie where he's dying. It's just, just watching the whole fucking movie. I was like, this is not fucking Superman. No. No. Man of Steel is a superior movie, which isn't saying a whole lot. No, and it's not even a good Superman. No. Um... How did you feel about him? I guess he buried his father up on the mountain. Is that what you got? He buried John up on the mountaintop? Mm, well, he had his vision up there, but I thought they buried John in the um in a graveyard. I don't fucking know. This movie that makes no fucking sense. That's <laughs> probably what they were trying to say. I don't remember. I've, I've only seen Man of Steel twice. It's been a while. Um the other thing that I thought was really stupid was um, Lois goes to the guy. So Superman's that, having visions. Is he fucking crazy? Why does Superman have visions? Because he's fucking Looney Tune in the fucking DC universe, dude. Again, <laughs> again, this is my Superman that's fucking dying before my eyes. Yeah, but Lois goes to the bombers or the unintended bomber, the guy in a wheelchair. She goes to that guy's apartment, opens his refrigerator. He didn't know he was going to die. He wasn't a part of it because he bought groceries. He was planning on coming back. Like, fuck. I mean, he's crazy. Would be the, I don't know. It just, it just seems like something else that was a leap of logic to me. You know, but immediately he's innocent. So, and then we find out that Superman can't see through the lead. Um, Did we know that in the first movie? No, that that has not been established up until then. So, so um, you knew this, but nobody else knew this, right? So let's get to let's get to the meat and potatoes here. Uh, Batman and Superman's fucking showdown. Oh no 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 no! Let's go just ahead before that. Batman murdering like seventy five people. <laughs> what the fuck? You want to show me a broken Batman that maybe punches a guy one time too many or three or four times too many? You know, brutal even for the bat? I can buy that really easily because he's fucking unhinged. Um, yeah, he, will, he will paralyze people and he will... He will break fucking bones. He yeah. will smash faces. He will hit... Well, we did get the greatest cinematic moment in, in movie history when he hit somebody off the rock bottom. Yes, was it was awesome. fantastic. Oh, the, that's like I fucking directed this movie. <laughs> but it, Batman it, it, in the rock bottom. Not yeah, things. Batman in the rock. Put them together. Every bit of violence outside of the actual Doomsday Encounter is exceptionally well done for the most part. Um, especially Zach, Batman fighting the other people. Zack Snyder knows how to direct a uh, comic book movie. That's for sure. He just oh, can't uh, fucking. I don't know who the fight choreographer was, but he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he knows um, how to do fucking Batman. Not only the hell choreographed fucking Doomsday, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman, but whatever. I think, I think Zack Snyder uh, did that because you can't <clears> really <throat> see shit. what the hell is going on. No, you can't. You cannot see what's going on, and it's like Superman gets up and 
hits fucking Doomsday. Doomsday knocks him back, and then like ten minutes later, Superman decides to go over and hit him again. It was just stupid. But anyways, Batman just was the fucking Transformers film. Yeah, Batman just keeps murdering the shit out of people. That's that's I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. Now the one thing that made sense was like. When the one guy swerved off course and he ran into the gas tank and it blew up, okay, that's like you fucked up, pal. Batman Batman is not responsible for that. Yeah. But Um, when the guy came out of the back of the car with the Gatling gun, Batman just fucking killed that guy flat out. Then the guy flamethrower, he shot him with a gun (laughs) with an M60 and blew up the flamethrower tank. And apparently he doesn't pass through Batman's body. Um, the fight sequences were awesome, but man, he he just he's just too murders. The grenade scene, I mean, it was he was pretty clearly intending for them to get blown up by the grenade when he kicked it in there. Um, but you know, I just Batman's not an indiscriminate murderer. You know, I can see Batman getting stuck in a situation where he has to choose who he's going to save or something, but uh, he's just not an indiscriminate murderer. He does. He he's in fact, in the comics, he has been shown to exhaust everything to avoid killing somebody. Um, I mean, look at how many times the Joker's freaking killed people. He's loved or murdered somebody or paralyzed somebody or maimed them. You know, DC has always sold this message that killing is absolutely the last resort with Superman and Batman. And yes, they've killed before. I understand that, but the odds that there was no other, there literally was no other choice. And yeah. Okay. He's pointing an M60, this guy, the flamethrower, but he's fucking Batman battering at dude's hand and then break his fucking jaw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something. Um, because that's Batman. I don't, uh, yeah, he's fucking crazy, but he's not murderous. Crazy. Never has been. Um, he's got a twisted sense of justice. <laughs> but it's still, he's not a murderer. Um, he is not judge, jury, and executioner. He's just, just beats the fuck out of people and ties them up. Um, so had it been a million other characters, it would have not, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But it's Batman. It just, it didn't, it did not work for me. That was the part where they got Batman wrong in that movie. And he doesn't drink. And he doesn't drink. But, you know. But even then, I can buy that like he's breaking down, which I know that they've said in interviews and things like that. This is a Batman that's been through some shit more than just mom and dad dying. You know, they clearly hand it killing joke. Um, things like that. But, I mean, he he just he's just not a murderer. Plain and simple. I've said it like 15 times. I'm not going to say it again. So... You need to get the core parts of the characters right. Um, going back to Superman, um, show me an unwinnable situation. I can buy that. That At that point, it, it didn't look like an unwinnable situation. Yeah, we can sit here and say, well, you know, he just knew what's his face is going to keep fighting him and yada, yada, yada. And Zod pretty much articulated that to him. But still, give me that physical presence of, you know, the beams are actually – there's nowhere to go with the beams. Other, you know, I don't know. Maybe let, make him look up, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was it just snapping his neck? Um, lethal force isn't Superman's forte. You know, so 
again, just not getting a character right. So, uh, but that that's the violence. But as far as the actual filming of the action, holy shit, this is the baddest ass Batman we've seen on screen. Yeah. I mean, he is fucking legit bad. The choreography is awesome. Um, the future sequence or dream sequence or whatever, which is Batman, yeah. yeah, is hinting at um, injustice was was really well done. Um, you're talking, you know, that might be a different reality Batman too. So him using the guns there, not such a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, just he's just vicious, violent, badass Batman. It's awesome. But that's that's how I expect to see Batman fight. You know, for the most part, you know, Dark Knight and Batman Begins, he's pretty pretty brutal too, but they really stepped it up for this one. Um The fight between Batman and Superman, the choreography and decision making's a little less good, but it's still pretty effective. Batman sets a lot of traps. Uh he uses his wits and technology to slow Superman down, distract him. And then he's got the kryptonite grenade launcher, which Superman keeps getting hit in the fucking face with. <laughs> he literally hits him with a sink, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, um, hits the sink on him. He used the sink to just fucking wallop his ass after he was weakened by kryptonite. Um, I really hoped he would do a flying razor's edge <laughs> when he was carrying Superman, but yeah. I'll take what we got. Um because I, I was for sure that's what he was getting ready to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good fight scene. I liked, you know, Superman would kind of get his wind back and the kryptonite gas is out of his system and he was getting pounded in the face and then next thing you know, he's got his invulnerability back and he's slapping the shit out of Batman. But then he runs right into another fucking grenade because he's... <laughs> number one rule of a Superman fight scene is Superman's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every iteration of him, it's like... Oh, I'm Superman. You have a blender that can actually hurt me? Here, let me stick my face in that. Yeah, that's how Superman fights. Whether it's fucking Chris Reeve or... No, Chris Reeve at least knew how to block. <laughs> um, yeah. He used his brain. I'll, I'll, I'll dial that back. Chris Reeve's Superman was was reasonably smart. But like uh, Tom Welling Superman and Henry Cavill Superman, blender meat face. Yeah, none of them know how to actually. None of them have any skills in the fight. He's just a complete brawler, and once you're getting hurt, maybe you ought to move your head. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so, they do that rope a dope bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, it was a pretty good. I mean, it was pretty good. Batman just again, I thought it was well done. Um, could have been done a little better, but still, it was pretty good. Uh, but then we get to the Martha scene, which we've went over that. You hate it. I think yeah. I think it was executed poorly. I think thematically it worked, um, but only as a theme. Um, the big freaking fight with Doomsday, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman is shit. Doomsday is shit. I don't understand. And, and yeah, I'm going to talk about his appearance right off Jump Street here. He looks like a fucking cave troll from Lord of the Rings. And he looks a little bit like the Abomination from Hulk. Just fucking give him hair and the fucking bones all over his face and his arms and and just be done with it. Well, then he morphed like two or three times. And he got... And I think he was going to eventually look like that if they kept going. But still, just fucking make him a badass. And... They should have just made him look like a 
right from the get-go. The, yes, they should have. And him being bigger than Superman's cool, but him being fucking like 10 times bigger than Superman was just getting stupid. Um, he was he was wank. He was just fucking stupid. That Doomsday it was so poorly realized. Um, again, I said it earlier about Wonder Woman getting hit and she had that big sultry look on her face like, oh yeah, I'm good and wet for you now. I thought it was retarded sucker punch bullshit. Um, Superman, again, like we said earlier, he just kept flying back and forth and not really doing much. Like, I want to see Doomsday and Superman go toe to toe. That's what you need to see. It's not, I mean, that's, yeah, they had, I mean, they brawl a little bit, but it's just, it's like the Terminator versus John Connor in Salvation. Like, Doomsday just keeps swatting him away like a bee instead of trying to go for the finish. It's just stupid. And, uh, but then, of course, they get the spear, and Superman gets him with the spear, which, you know, and then he gets Superman with his fucking bone spurs, and then Superman pushes himself up on the spur even further to further impale Doomsday with the kryptonite spear. Um, they wasted the impact of the death of Superman. And they tried to pass it along with, by showing him sacrifice himself. And they tried to give you that weight by showing a military funeral. Well, they also did the whole Jesus thing too. Lord, oh yeah. Like Jesus off the cross. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, very, very clearly. Very symbiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, symbolic, not symbiotic. You know, you're wanting the people to get back on Superman's side. Have the people witnessing this fight. You know? <laughs> it's in a, a bombed-out, shitty, torn-up area of Gotham where nobody lives. Um, yes, you get that kind of the issue of, well, why didn't they take the fight out of Gotham? Well, Superman tried. And then he got shot with a nuke. <laughs> and yeah, by he, the U.S. government. By the U.S. government. And then he came back. President. So so they, they fixed that issue. Um but they really should have had them slugging it out. Well, first off, it was Batman who took him out of the city. Yeah. And then he brought him back because his spear was back in the city. Well, Batman took him to the port. Yeah. It started off, it was uh, Superman took him to space, so that was that was smart on his part. Then the U.S. government decided to nuke his ass. And that then part Batman, of the fight was pretty good. When and Superman then, was kind of bouncing him. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I mean, that was good. I mean, like there were some good moments in the fight, but it was just, it was an editing mess is what it was. It was a choreography and editing mess. It's a filming mess. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully he'll fix it in Justice League. Yeah. But then, you know, of course, Superman gets, gets gutted and the scenes with, you know, the grief and the mourning and all that, they were fairly well done. And they fold the flag and appear to hand it to President Obama. That wasn't, no, that was not the president. Was it not the president? Who was that? No, that was the, um, the dude that, uh, Lois was talking to earlier. Oh, the senator, yeah. I thought it cut off before it got to his head. I just took it that they were indicating that was him. No, they were talking to the president on the phone. Oh, that's right. My bad. 
anyways, um, you know, Lois gets the ring that Martha had and uh, Bruce pays for the funeral. And then Bruce talks about failing Superman. His mother is Martha. I can't, I can't feel a man named Martha. Yeah. So, yeah, never. I mean, I get that they're wanting us to see that Superman proved by sacrificing himself that he would not be a threat to humanity because that he's full of good and all that, yada, yada, yada. But, but it didn't translate well on the screen. But as we learned from the uh, little flashpoint deal or whatever they're going to be calling it from uh, Bruce's vision that there's going to be an issue. Superman is going to be a problem, right? Right. So is he going to come back as evil Superman, or is there going to be multiple Supermans? I hope they do two Supermans and just do the alternate dimension. So you're going to have one bad Superman come back, and then the real Superman is still in the casket, right? Yeah. Make it analogous to Cyborg at the death and return of Superman. You have a weakened Superman come back and the black flowing locks and... <laughs> yeah. So you got a, underpowered and you have two caskets. You got the fake casket, which is the one buried at the memorial, and then right. you have the uh, real casket, which is where Clark is at, which is in Smallville. Right. So they 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 have the. Uh, I guess Clark Kent is now dead, is what they're saying. At in. Um, I thought that was David stupid. They should have done like they did in the freaking comics and said Clark Kent missing. Because now they got to tie that fucking thread up somehow. That's a plot hole for a later movie is what the fuck that is. Yeah. That was fucking stupid. And they probably will not fix it. He'll just go back to the Daily Planet. Well, it's... Did it say one of our own presumed dead or one of our own dead? Uh, it said, I believe it said something along the lines of Daily Planet reporter Clark Kent killed um, reporting on big fight in Gotham or whatever the hell it was. Indicated that he died reporting at the scene is what it, what the newspaper said. Yeah. So, um, fucking stupid. Because now you have now you have to fix that loose thread, or there just is no Clark Kent. Which, if they do that, you stupid motherfuckers have no idea about Clark Kent and Superman. Well, I'm sure we'll do a flashpoint at the end of everything, and this it'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just fucking do Infinite Crisis in DC right off Jump Street. God, I hope they don't do that. Um, all in all. I give the extended cut mm, six out of ten. On original, the, on the real original scale, cut about a five. On the real scale, what do you give it? What's the real scale? Our scale. And that's your scale. That's <laughs> our scale, not the fucking Metacritic scale, Scott. You don't work for those fuckers. A three? No. Oh, um, um, rent. Yeah, rent or a red box or rent. something. Yeah. Two bucks to rent it, three bucks to rent it, probably all right. It's a rental. Don't buy this shit. No, don't spend $30 on a fucking Blu-ray. I mean, if you're like the biggest fucking Superman fan on Earth, I guess, whatever. But no. You may just be pissed off if you're the biggest Superman fan on Earth. 
All right. On to... I don't think it's a 27% that Rotten Tomatoes had it, but that doesn't mean they were all rating at 27 either. It means that it was either negative or positive. So, On to the NWA for July 19th. We, we got one more film to talk about. Oh. I, I'm using film in the loosest sense possible. Scott um, Ghostbusters. I, I supported Ghostbusters. This is the uh, surprising from... Scott being a woman hater. Yeah, being a woman hater, I went and went and watched Ghostbusters. So here's your spoiler warning. Uh, oh, definitely for, do this one last. Then if you're going to do a spoiler on it, okay. Wait till we'll the end it. of the show, and then Scott will do a spoiler review of Ghostbusters. But real quick, burn, borrow, whatever bullshit. Do they go um, see this movie or just wait? Just wait. Okay, just wait. Do not. Get this Do on Netflix. Not. I mean, if you're rah rah rah, females got to be badass rather than just being. Go see it, I guess. But other than that, was it funny? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, there was a few moments, but nah. the original Ghostbusters. Oh, fuck no. Was it better than? There was a message in the original Ghostbusters. Was it better than The Hangover? No. Was it better than um, what was Paul Paul's last movie? Can't remember. Bridesmaids. That well, wasn't his last movie. What was it better than Bridesmaids? No. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Four, if they want, don't if they go want watch it. Can... There's your two ratings. Yeah. Is this a burn? Yeah, burn? That's a burn. I wouldn't even. I, I if I caught it on TV. <laughs> Burn this Maybe, yeah, it's it's not very good. Now, so this have been the, the final deletion. Should you delete this? Yes, yes, delete it. Delete this off to all the fucking copies in the world. My eight year old server and delete this. My eight year old loved it. He fucking loved it. And there's your my audience. initial my initial reaction to it while I was watching it with him, and he was he kept elbowing me and like, oh, that's so awesome, and laughing and stuff. You know, I kind of walked out. I was like, you know, it wasn't that bad. And then I sat down and I thought about the jokes and how it just the way it kept going on and on and repeating the same bits. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like it's just, it's like Groundhog Day. Everything repeats itself fifty fucking times in that movie. It's like they've already done this fifty times. Why are they doing it again? Uh, yeah, that that's the comedy. It's the same bit over and over and over. It's five comedy bits repeated. For two hours. Wow, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. All right. So let's let's do uh, our our uh, wrestling gimmick here. Okay. You got the uh, NWA up. Yeah. You got your notes. No, I got NWA. I pull them up. Right. Um, I hate Google Docs. <sighs> well, we'll I've been Google Docs. We'll get you a Mac one day. It takes you to fucking. I click Google Docs. It takes me to the window and says, "Take me to Google Docs." Why don't you just hit, just hit back on your Google Docs? No, no, <laughs> it's principle. <laughs> One of these days, they're going to change how that works. I'm going to be happy. All right, I'm ready. All right. Okay. There was not really a lot of matches on this show. Because one match took up like 45 fucking minutes. 
And basically, the rest of them weren't worth watching. Yeah. All right. Go for it, Scott. Um, so we got the NWA July 19th, 1986 in Columbia, South Carolina. We have Don Kernodal versus the Golden Terror. This was kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> well, they wrestled about 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, the match started off with those two fuckers in the ring. The show yeah, it was already in action. It. So, and then it went for 10 or 15 minutes. Wasn't really terrible. It just wasn't really captivating either. Nope. Um, Kernodal's not bad. Other than that, Golden Terror, buddy, get back to the bread line. Yeah. Um, Kernodal went over, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what the deal was, but Bob Cottle was there tonight. I fucking love Bob Cottle. Uh, Jim Cornette. I think it was a promo, wasn't it? It was a promo about um, Bubba. Yeah. Bubba was sweating so much, looked like he was fucking crying back there. It must have been hot in Columbia, South Carolina that night. Yeah. Uh, next. Nothing too memorable there. Yeah. Warlord versus uh, Vernon Deaton. It was quick. Thank God. It was shit. Complete shit. Uh, next, you had a promo with uh, Ole and Arn Anderson. They have a bunkhouse match against the Rock and Roll Express for the number one contenders match. They think it's bullshit they have to have a match and that the Rock and Roll Express are idiots for agreeing to this match. Yeah, the, the Minneapolis Wrecking Crew or Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Minnesota. What is it? Minnesota Wrecking Crew, yeah. Yeah, we get to hear that phrase get dropped. That was kind of neat, but it was a decent promo. Nothing really great. Yeah. Not up to what the show typically has. Yeah. Todd Champion versus Crusher Khrushchev. Another shit match. Shit match. Uh, Bob Cottle interview with Dusty and Baby Doll. Dusty has a cage match coming up against Ric Flair on, of all days, July 26th at the Great American Bash. Scott, uh, I wonder what what day that is. Oh, that's today. Today would be the 30th anniversary of that. About. Yeah. Oh, man. If, if we only had a copy of that match to watch, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Nelson Royale versus Mitch Snow. Um, yeah, that's another shit match. <laughs> yeah. They're not really. Yeah, they weren't really burning it down at this point. It was like, oh my god, this is terrible. I don't even know who fucking won this match. I don't remember. I, I, don't, I don't remember, games. and I don't care. I watched it five hours ago. Um, uh, I think Royal. No, Snow. No, I don't care. Um, Tully promo <laughs> says teeth were there and not all knocked out. Yeah, those teeth were there and not knocked out, so Ronnie didn't get the job done, or so I don't know. I was looking something up. So yeah, yeah basically he was just calling out Ronnie Garvin for not getting the job done and not putting him away. Basic promo. Yeah, uh, Bob Cottle with the bash update. Magnum TA is down three to zero. Um, five dollars for kids' tickets. I mean, God damn it! You, I you know how much money I paid for the fucking Money in the Bank show I went to. It's like one hundred and thirty fucking dollars. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, man, I saw a hell of an awesome match with Kevin Owens and John Cena. Uh, Rock and Roll Express promo, plugging their fucking bullshit tour they had was, I forgot the name of it now, Rock and Roll Express Summer Elixir Tour, whatever the fucking name of it. Yeah, it was something like that. Next match is uh, Sam Houston versus Tully Blanchard. 
It's our first good match. Now they've had two. Um, Sam held his own. He didn't do 55 arm bars. And he fucking works a good match with Tully and Blanchard, which I'm sure, like, oh, 75% of that is fucking Tully. Yeah. Uh, Sam Houston uh, had the heat. Uh, he he did his job. I The crowd hates fucking Tully, and they were rooting. I mean, the, the, the crowd was going freaking ape shit when Sam Houston was whipping his ass. Yeah, whenever the... Uh... I was actually, I actually set up in my seat because I was honestly debating turning the fucking episode off and just saying, I'm not watching any more of this. The first half of this is fucking terrible. It is fucking uh, Oh my God. It's, it's one of the worst ones that we've watched. Um, but and this is not a normal this, show. This is from the fucking Great American Bash. Yeah, this is a Great American Bash. And when this match took off, man, I was sitting in the recliner and I sat straight up on the edge of the seat to watch it because it, it was pretty good. It wasn't a like five star match or anything, but I mean, it was. It was really good, really entertaining. I so. honestly don't know when Tully Blanchard drops the fucking heavyweight, the national heavyweight title. So I fucking, I honestly have no idea. But he finishes with a slingshot suplex and uh, wins. But he gets, I mean, that there was uh, Sam Houston used like the flying elbow thing that's real popular, like in um, Ring of Honor and shit right now. That was that flying backward elbow with the big spin. Yeah. He pulled one of those off. Um, he Trail got hit with a, Sam Houston. Yeah, hit Trailblazer. He uh, did a really. He got hit with a pretty good gut buster. It was pretty awesome looking. Uh, I think he DDT'd Tully, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was. Or was or am I thinking of Arn Anderson getting DDT'd by Ricky Morton? Probably Ricky. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Um, but other than that, I mean, he 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 mixed his techniques up. Um, uh, it was a pretty good match. What the fuck is it with with um, Sam Houston? When he's on his own, he works fucking horrible. He does like four arm bars and a bulldog, and a match is over. He sucks. By yeah. With the other with the other props, he's just not that fun to watch. But but when when Sam Houston's getting the shine, he's the fucking fans went eight shit. Yeah, they were living up. But when Tully got the heat on on Sam, they were ready to fucking. Jump yeah. over the rails and beat his ass. Yes. Uh, promo with uh, Crusher and Jim Cornette. Man, blah blah blah. Um, Bob Collin and Ronnie Garvin. Ron is watching the Tully match and telling us what he would do different. Yeah, fuck him. I didn't listen to him. Fuck that bullshit. I actually skipped that promo on principle. I did too. It was pretty much. We just watched the same fucking. I, match. I heard. I'll probably watch 30 seconds of it to see where he's going to go with it. And I was like, yep, I'm not listening to shit. Yeah, I skipped it. Promo with Bob and Magnum TA. Magnum tells us that he'll be, he'll come back from 0 to 30. I mean, yeah, z- 0 to 3, which was a really good pro- fucking uh, babyface promo. Yeah. Goddamn, I miss Magnum TA. I miss having promos like Magnum TA. Rock and Roll Express versus Ole and Arn Anderson. Fuck yeah, I marked that when I heard we were getting this match. Especially considering some of the shit I've had to watch lately. Um, when fucking Rock and Roll Express came out, they would not let Ricky and Robert to the ring. No. Um, the crowd popped big time. Yeah, it was like a fucking Road Warrior pop. Wasn't and it? there's there's a difference between watching Rock and Roll Express work with props and when they give a fuck. Yeah. They were that. This was the Rock and Roll Express I was used to watching. Of course, when I watched them on TV as a kid, like I said, I only watched a very few episodes of this particular time frame. 
it was later in the, you know, like 1989, 1990 yeah. when I saw them a lot. And by the time that they were on, that the TV show was there, even on Saturday mornings, you didn't have a whole lot of props getting squashed. You had a couple, but you typically had decent matchups. And I remember Lex Luger beat Executioner about every weekend, but other than that, uh, or Executioner 3 or whoever the fuck it was. But they typically was wrestling decent teams, so they worked better back in the day. And I think this is the kind of match that kind of brought that to my mind because I've been saying, you know, these guys aren't as good as I remember. And tonight I got to see they were pretty good. Yeah, they, they were definitely one of the best. Yeah, when they, they were, when they give a fuck. When they give a fuck, they were fucking excellent. Um, this match was one of the best we've seen in the last what year, probably since we've oh, been yeah. doing this. Since we've been doing this, this is one of the better ones. Yeah, and the fans, um, they, they, they were they. I was surprised they weren't rushing the ring. They fucking hate the Andersons, and. I can't remember who it was. It was in the leg lock. It was Ole Anderson was in the leg lock. And Ricky Morton had him in it. I think it was Ricky Morton. And the fans were saying, break it, break <laughs> it, break it. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure most people still think this shit's real then. And uh, one of the best parts was uh, Ricky had his nose in the storyline. Ricky had his fucking nose broken by uh, Flair. <laughs> and the first thing that happens to Arn. He gets the uh, basically a gore buster to him, and he gets his nose smashed into the mat. And the first thing he does is he runs outside the ring holding his nose like a little bitch. Yeah. And he sells it for like five minutes. Um, they, they kind of reversed it. Usually Ricky's the one that gets the shit beat out of him, and Robert does the hot tag. Yeah. This time they reversed it, and it was uh, – Robert was the one getting the shit kicked out of him for the most of this match. Ricky doesn't really do a hot tag as good as Robert. No. So let's just go ahead and cut to the finish. Um, they wrestled like heels, by the way. They did some eye gouges, a few yeah, other things. Well, when you're working the fucking Minnesota Wrecking Crew, you got to fucking cheat. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, we got the time limit draw. It was it was a pretty shit finish. I mean, it was like this is such a good match, and you're going to make it a draw. Come on, yeah. So that was that was the disappointment. This is like a big fucking smiles almost at the end because Robert never tagged in at the end. I don't know if he missed a tag or not, but he never tagged in. The referee just let him stay in at the end, and just time them a draw, and the fans didn't give a fuck. They were just happy that they left out, left the uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew out to dry. They, yeah, they oh, kicked the shit out of them. That's what they were happy about. Yeah, and the Rock and Roll Express were one standing at the end. That's all they fucking cared about. And then next you had a promo of Jim Cornette, and you, then you had a World Tag Team title match, America's Team versus the Midnight Express. I was jazzed up when this started. Yep. I was like, oh, my God, Midnight Express, Dusty, Magnum TA, are you freaking kidding me? And then Baby Doll's in the ring, and Jim Cornette's in the ring. It's like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. And roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? So if you guys bother to watch this episode, you can watch the last two matches. Don't even count the Dusty Roses, the last match. Yeah. They're, well, hey. Damn, that was a tease. Yeah. Hey. 
Go to the house shows, people. That's what they're telling you to do. Yep. You never know what you're, what you're going to see. Nope. So, not worth spending time watching the whole episode, but there was a two, two pretty – one decent match and one really, really good match. All right, then we watched, um, well, as today, we had the, um, it happened today and 30 years ago, Flair worked Dusty. Scott was supposed to watch the match, but he skipped it. It was unintentional. Unintentional. I sit down and try to watch the whole block with the intent of watching Flair and Dusty at the end, and kids and shit, I got distracted. I thought, well, I'll go back to it in a few minutes, and then I sat down here a couple hours later, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't watch it. Yeah, so I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, today we had the Great American Bash, and Flair lost to Dusty Rhodes. So, um, maybe next week we'll review the match. We will review the match. Scott will watch it. Uh, Battleground happened. Um, of course, Bailey got called up. Scott, uh, it was the first match. Sasha tried to uh, not break kayfabe. She didn't do a very good job of it. She did a very good job. She's grinning from here to here. Yeah. The uh, fans, everybody knew it was going to be Bailey. She tried to uh, not smile. But as soon as they started chanting Bailey, she, she, she grinned ear to ear. And then she stopped smiling real quick. And then as soon as the music hit, she said, fuck it. And she just smiled big. Just let it go. Just yep. let it go. And, uh, yeah, Bailey was there. But it's a one-time thing. That's it. She's back in NXT again. It was an all right match. It was an all right match. Charlotte Flair taps out too much. She gets submitted every time I fucking watch her wrestle. Well, guess what? She lost again on Raw. My submission? Yeah, she dropped the belt to Sasha Banks last night. And, uh, oh, spoilers, people. <laughs> she, she dropped the belt to Sasha last night, but Scott doesn't have cable, so he can't watch it anyway. She uh, dropped the belt and. Fuck cable. Yeah. You can get voodoo, uh, views, whatever Sony's thing is. Uh, she, uh, after she dropped it, had it been NXT, they could have done it, but since it's not, she she wouldn't have been allowed to. Sasha, I mean, Charlotte walked out of the ring, turned around, and <laughs> she tried not to break kayfabe, but since they're all buddies, she, she looked up there and she had this smile breaking across her face. <laughs> she looked up there and saw Sasha with the belt, and then she saw the camera and she quickly went back to frowning and turned back around. They're not very good at, at kayfabe. Nah. But, I mean, they, they all live together and they all train together. So it's it's they're not at that four horsemen level of, I fucking hate you, I want you to die, flare and dusty level yet. 
But uh, back to um, Battleground, though. She, uh, yeah, Bailey got caught up for one time only. She's back in the NXT. Probably after SummerSlam, she will. Um, she'll come back. But yeah, it was nice seeing her there one time. So she's she's a star. The people want her there. Just I don't know why they just don't go ahead and bring her up. The, the theory is that they don't want to take anything away from her in, in uh, Charlotte. But she just fucking lost the belt. So why don't you go ahead and keep her there? And get somebody else in the mix. And then... Uh, the other match was the Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, which was supposed to end the feud. Scott, what's your review on that match? That was a pretty good match. Um, I saw your text. You'd wrote like four, maybe four and a half stars. Yeah. And the first few minutes, the first maybe, I don't know, ten minutes of the match, I was like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's Japanese a good style match. Slow burn. But it wasn't there, and then it just fucking came unglued. I was like, holy shit, this is so good. As soon as they have the botch. Yeah, from there on. They tried to do a, um, I don't even know what you would call it, a springboard moonsault off the... Springboard uh, flipping moonsault. Off the middle of the rope. He hits the top rope in the middle, not off the turnbuckle. Then he slingshots himself over, and he went straight up instead of flying backwards. So when he did his backflip, he came right down on the fucking apron, about landed on his fucking skull. Yeah. I mean, that'd have been something if he just fucking paralyzed himself. Um, but it was a botched fucking move. But man, he fucking, I mean, I was like, oh shit, you know, because I, I, when I saw him in midair and I realized, and I, I immediately thought, hey, he's fucked. He's going to land bad. Yeah. Because he didn't go backwards. He just, he flipped over, but he didn't move backwards in space. And I thought, damn, this dude's going to land on his fucking skull. And he, I mean, he basically did. Came down on his shoulder and his head and flopped over. And it it's, was on the side. It wasn't in the middle where the mat gives as much. It's Sammy does his springboard senton, but he does it where he he sits. He does it on his legs. Instead of doing it on his feet, he does the springboard on his legs. He sits down on the ropes. And he just flips straight up. <laughs> almost landed on his fucking head. Yeah. Instead, he landed on his feet on the floor, but he landed on his bad arm. And you can, he immediately, like, Kevin was there, but the referee went right down there. And you can tell he told Kevin, I'm fine, post me. And Kevin said, okay. And he, Kevin threw him and he posted them right into the, uh, his bad arm into the ropes. And he, played it right into the fucking storyline and he yeah. worked that bad arm the entire match and sold it the entire time. And from yeah. that moment on that went from a what would you say like maybe a, a three a star match to like a fucking yeah. four star match maybe four and a half. Yeah. Definitely. That, that was the match of the night. Um, that match was fucking awesome though. That was a very good match. And then the was it the suplex on the apron? They did a um, a brainbuster on the apron. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> that was retarded. It, it was uh, yeah. Sami Zayn 
I think Kevin was trying to do like a um, was he trying to do a? It looked like he was trying to do like a Louis Louis driver on the apron, but it was reversed, and I might be getting that confused with some fucking G one, but <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, Sammy gave Kevin Owens a brainbuster on the apron. It's it's not like a brainbuster that they do in New Japan. It's more of a safe WWE style brainbuster, which is really just a, a suplex. Well, but it's still what, I would what not made it, take that bump. What made it dangerous it, it, from my from my third person perspective and the camera angle? was that Kevin Owens had to drop off the apron to the floor to do it. And when he did that, it looked like they lost control. And to me, it looked like a very bad spot. That's one, like, if I went to the back and watched that match, if I was one of those two guys, I'd be like, yeah, let's not do that one again. I would have (laughs) done that spot to begin with. but Oh, yeah, things sound good in playing, right? So, yeah, yeah, it did. it was a dangerous spot, if you ask me, but maybe it just looked worse than it was, but it sure as fuck looked bad. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking dangerous spot to begin with, but I... Now, maybe if it was like, all right, Sammy, we're working WrestleMania, let's do this spot, but just for this fucking show, nah, I ain't fucking doing it. No. There's some spots you reserve for WrestleMania. Yeah. If you're working in front of 100,000 people, hey, Scott, let's fucking do this. But if we're working at this fucking show... No, sorry, Scott. You're not even putting me through a fucking table. No. So there was, you know, and then at the end they had the big swing. Um, what's what's Sami Zayn's suplex thing that he does? He does the blue thunderbomb. Okay, so thunderbomb, whatever. He uh, he tries to do one of those, gets countered, and then immediately recounters and pulls one off. And then what's the kick called in the corner? Haluva kick. The Haluva kick. He hit him with two Haluva kicks to win the match. And he picked him up, and he was holding on to RKO. Well, well you're missing one, the one part. Kevin had him. RKO. Yeah, RKO. <laughs> yeah, he had him. Yeah, Randy Orton hit an RKO out of nowhere. And, 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 yeah, RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Ready for Brock. He, he's, he's taking everybody out. But uh, the, 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 leading up to that, Kevin had him ready. To take him out for the, uh, he was getting ready to take him out, and he told him, "Don't make me do this." He, he had compassion on on his buddy. Yeah, and he was going to power bomb him to hell, and then that's when he got him. Yep, he showed that, which was which was the big swing because Kevin Owens has been merciless. Yeah, in this encounter, and then it was. He showed compassion, and then Sami Zayn was the one that was merciless and hit him with two Huluva kicks to fucking win the match. So does that so, mean Sami Zayn is is Batman? Is he, is, he, is he a heel now? But he picks he picks um, Kevin Owens up after the first Huluva kick and holds him up against his chest and looks at him like he's going to maybe reconcile their differences. Yeah. And then he puts him back in the corner and just destroys him and pins him. Yeah. So very good match. Yeah, I, maybe four and a half stars. I mean, it was a damn good match. And then the main event was, Scott did not get to watch this, but it was the three-way with the 
the shield. It's probably, I don't know, three and a half stars, maybe four. Um, I'll just go ahead and say, say, uh, the winner of that was Dean Ambrose. So SmackDown gets the belt. And then the next night on Raw, you had the declaration that, of course, we are going to do the same bullshit that we've always had when you have a draft and you had two different shows. We are going to have two fucking titles, Scott, again. So they're going to water down the belts. So now the new title will be called take – take a wild guess of what the new title is going to be called, Scott. Think of the worst fucking name you can think of. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, the extreme title. I don't know. The WWE Universal title. That's pretty fucking bad. Extreme was better. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so they have their fucking tournament. And uh, so after two very good fucking four-way matches... You have uh, the winner of that was Finn Balor. So now at SummerSlam, the match will be Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, and the winner of that will be the WWE Universal Champion, which is a stupid fucking name. So that would be your Raw Champion, and your SmackDown Champion is still Dean Ambrose. So your boy is champion still. That's retarded. It's stupid. It should just be one champion. It is. The brands are stupid. I don't mind having brands, but I would prefer one champion. Yeah, I don't like any of it. Um, I mean, if we if if I'm if I'm reviewing a WWE match, it's because Paul's already watched it and told me it's good. Because otherwise, I'm not spending too much time on it. I'll watch Ring of Honor or New Japan. Fuck yes, he's Scott's a real wrestling fan. Just, I just well, watch WWE because of the stupidest fucking show. I mean, it's not, it, it. I have a place in my heart for WWE, but it's it's so watered down. It's if you're listening to the show, you and you're listening to the wrestling portion. You stuck around this long, you know what's wrong with WWE. Yes. And I've tried to get back into it a couple times in the last year or so, and I just can't do it. Where it might I, help if I was watching Raw and could see a little bit more of the drama, I guess, but a little more up to date. But no, it's, well, it's the canned promos and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just not that appealing to me. Well, Scott watches NXT, the pay per view. Yeah, I watch it. I watch it. I do watch NXT off and on. I don't catch. Every, I don't catch any of it regular. Um, if I watch three hours of TV a week, it's usually for this show. Yeah, that's about the majority of my TV watching is NWA for the review. So maybe two hours a week for wrestling. And that's all I watch TV really. Like once in a while I watch a movie. Like I watch Superman the other night. If NXT, if uh, New Japan had a weekly show, Scott needs to start catching up on his, uh, ROH. Yeah. So yeah, the two matches I watched, uh, one was good. One was really, really freaking good. So, all right. So, that will do it. Scott is going to do a quick spoiler for Ghostbusters because we got to go. 
So stick around after the credits and, well, our credits. Yeah, imagine credits. It will not say Vince Russo or, or Eric Bischoff at the end of this show. So, or uh, what's his fucking name? Garth Edwards. Or <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is. Okay, so, Scott, I will see you in about uh, 10 seconds. So, remember, there's going to be spoilers, so turn it off right now if you don't want to be spoiled to Ghostbusters. Good fucking bye. Okay, Scott, spoil this motherfucker. How bad right. was it? Okay, so, Melissa McCarthy, I mean... She's she's okay, like in delivery and things like that, but she wasn't written well. Um, oh shit, I can't think of her name. Kristen Wiig, uh, a little less on the acting scale, but again, not written that well. Um, less dog, who's embroiled in a huge fucking Twitter controversy this week, um, which she was definitely a part of. Um, yeah, let's not get into that. No, nah, I'm not. That's that's as far as I'm going with it. She, Les Dog is her Twitter handle. Her name's Leslie Jones, I think. She was cast as a black caricature of a black person. It was rather originally. It was supposed to be terrible. Melissa McCarthy's character. Yeah, it probably should have still been. Um, you had three white oh, geniuses and the oh, one oh, fake. Black, smart person. Paul Fake was that. Faggy or fake? Fake, I think. Fake. He said that uh, he's already seen um, Melissa play that character before. That loud, obnoxious character. Black woman? No, just the loud, loud stereotypical black woman? No, the loud, That's... obnoxious, outspoken character. But he yeah. wanted to see her play something else. Yeah, well, Leslie Jones didn't. She played a loud, obnoxious, outspoken black woman. That's how she was written. It's not my fault. Um, it was it was terrible. And then Kate McKinnon, I believe is her name. She played uh, Holtzman, and she's like this super tech genius. And it was she's the most moronic character in the film. I mean, Chris Hemsworth's pretty bad. She her the writing for that character is all she does is twitch. And open her fucking mouth for the whole movie. She's just constantly just like flopping her head around and twitching her head. She's like a Japanese horror ghost monster that smiles for two hours. She's just completely the most one of the most retarded movie characters I have ever seen in my life. And uh, she makes a queef joke five seconds into the movie. As soon as she's on screen, she's making a queef joke. I don't even remember exactly what it was. I laughed because it was raunchy, but... Yeah, this is where we went with Ghostbusters. We went from the slick humor of the original to queef jokes. <laughs> well, you had a blowjob in the, the first Ghostbusters, so. Well, it's not the raunchiness so much. It was just, I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The queef joke did sit well with me. I laughed my ass off on that. But the, uh, basically, Kristen Wiig's character is trying to get a serious job as to get tenure as a professor. And it's been revealed to her bosses that she wrote a book about ghosts and she's a science teacher or something. So her tenureship is at risk unless she can 
do something rather, I think. And she ends up trying to go talk to um, her co-author to have the book pulled. And they'd only sold two copies, <laughs> but they were looking at the Amazon listing. And that's when she got busted out by her colleagues. So just so happens the villain bought the other copy and that comes in to play later. And uh, so she, they end up getting a, a, going to check out something involving a ghost and she goes ahead and goes with them as a deal to try to get everything sorted out with the book. And they run into a real ghost and they're terrified. And the CGI looks like something out of the fucking Scooby-Doo movies. It's not very well done. It's not very imaginative. And then they go back and they post their video to YouTube and some people believe it. Some people don't. So they start building their business and they hire less dog and they hire, um, well, yeah, they hire less dog. They already had Kate McKinnon. So, God, this movie is so terrible. Hmm. Um, the bad guy is a white guy that was bullied. A white virgin guy, I guess, that was bullied. He's very nerdy. And he's bringing about what he calls the fourth cataclysm. And he's got some master plan to basically commit suicide at the end of the movie and become an all-powerful ghost just like Gozer. That's so how it works, right? Yeah, basically to be all-powerful, you just have to die. So never mind that Gozer was a god and this guy just dies. But anyways, they hire Chris Hemsworth as their secretary. And, and he's so – Chris Hemsworth, as far as him delivering, knocks it out of the fucking park. He's literally epic the first time they play a couple of these jokes. <laughs> and then he's like, if there's a loud noise, he covers his eyes. It, he took the lens out of his glasses because they get dirty. He has a – he says – is it okay after he gets hired? He says, well, is it okay if I bring my cat? And they're like, you have a cat? And he says, no, I have a dog. Yeah, but you said your cat. No, his name's Mike Cat. You named your dog Mike Cat? Yeah, I named my dog Mike Cat. So is it okay if I bring my cat? That's the fucking level of humor this movie goes through. That's pretty much the peak. Wow. <laughs> after the queef, after the queef joke. This is the peak. Um... That that's pretty much verbatim. That's a minus a word here and there. Um, he's stupid. Like he tries to answer the phone that's in an aquarium by trying to reach to the glass instead of over the top. I mean, it's, it's just it's so stupid, dude. And it's clear that some of the backlash got written into the film about the initial, the sexism thing. It's just an agenda to really, it's not even so much about empowering women as it is just making white males look retarded. I mean, your bad guy is a dopey white male who, when he dies, turns into a giant, fat, dopey white male ghost that they shoot in the balls to knock him into the vortex. (laughs) I mean, Slimer's in it, and he's got a female Slimer with him, and they still... Ecto-1 and drive off in it. And then we get a big Matrix scene of all the Ghostbusters being like super badasses. And which actually, as its own thing, was actually fairly entertaining. But it really doesn't fit Ghostbusters to me. Because um, it was just a big CGI fucking super choreographed fight scene is what it was. And um, 
Slimer basically drives back and some of the power packs on top of the Ecto-1 are actually nuclear reactors or something. And to close the vortex, they got to blow up Ecto-1. So they, Slimer just happens to ramp it into the fucking vortex and they blow it up. And then they suck the ghost in the movie. That's how the movie ends. The other key thing on this is when they first encounter the ghost, they're like, that's a class four, yada, 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 yada. And uh, they they just beat that into your head the whole movie. They're just constantly giving you these scientific phrases for different ghosts just over and over and over. I mean, they must have done it a hundred times. And the movie takes place in like a 24-hour, 48-hour period. And every time you – every four or five sequences or every four or five cuts in the movie is another scene of Holtzman introducing them to some new technology. Here, I, I built this in the last hour, and it's some fucking super duper techno gadget wizard thing. Like they make – she makes like a fucking uh, ghost mulcher. It sucks a ghost in and mulches them and spits them out the back. And apparently you can knock a ghost unconscious too. So Wait, it's, what? Yeah, they're like they make these like glove things and give them the McCarthy, and she's like punching ghosts in the face, and they're just like laying on the ground, not moving. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, dude. This movie is fucking terrible. Um, I guess you gave this like a six. Now you're yeah down to like a two now. Yeah, once I'm I'm telling you, it's it's a fucking. I give it. I give it a four. Um, Why is it? I may, I may, I may drop to a three or two. I don't know. The more I watch it, and and some of it is the agenda, but the more I thought about like the humor, just it's fucking stupid. How many times they play the same joke over with Hemsworth's character? Um, the covering his eyes bit. He does it like four or five times. Um, you know, it, it's, it, he can't answer a phone. He. Uh, they ask for coffee and he brings them coffee and they go, did you put sugar in it? And he fucking takes it and drinks out of it and then goes, and basically pukes in it. I hate coffee. And then hands it to her. And here's the other thing. Kristen Wiig, when they're doing the job application interview, they're supposed to be these empowered, strong women and all this stuff. He walks in and she just starts like fucking falling over herself, just acting retarded like the fucking wolf in the old Warner Brothers cartoons, (laughs) whistling for the woman. I mean, she's fucking terrible. Rolls out. She picks the fucking coffee cup up that he literally just vomited in and starts drinking out of it, just as she can have some sort of creepy contact with him. I mean, she's not a strong female character. She's fucking. Uh, she's a creeper psycho. I don't think she's supposed to be a strong female character. I think she's just a woman. <laughs> she's psycho. And she's just a lady. She's just she just sees a guy that she wants to bang. And there's a few jokes in there that I mean they were good. I liked um I liked the sequence with the demon and the heavy metal place, which I know a lot of the reviewers I've listened to didn't care much for that, but it's like this, this metal Satan. De- yeah, they got the metal Satan demon, and all the people in the heavy metal concert just think it's like the greatest thing ever. I was buying that, but again, there's and the mannequin scene it was a little creepy when it first starts. But I mean, it's basically uh, Leslie Jones's character is so immortally obnoxious, but nothing on the level of Kate McKinnon's character Holtzman. I mean, she just chews up the scenery. Twitches, man. No, no, she'll ch- she just twitches. That's all she does. She just fucking sits around and twitches, like you're watching film that's skipping frames. 
It's just fucking retarded. The whole fucking movie, she's just like making these facial gestures and just, and you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Everything is just so ignorant with that character. And I mean, I don't know how she finds time to fucking build everything. I know it's a movie about fucking ghosts, but the ghosts are completely unimaginative for the most part. The cameos are a little too heavy handed, especially with Dan Aykroyd's, but like Bill Murray's character, like he's a ghost investigator. And basically he's made a living out of fucking proving people were fakes on these ghost stories. So he finally shows up at the ghostbusters after tearing them down on the news. And they are like, all right, we're going to show you a ghost. So they unleashed the ghost. that was just wreaking unholy havoc on the metal concert, which promptly kills Bill Murray and throws him out the fucking window. And it's like, to me, I can't ignore the symbolism. <laughs> and I usually try not to see too much symbolism in movies because I know people just like to write scenes that they like to see. But when everything in the movie from start to finish is, seems like an attack on lonely white males or stupid white males, now you've got the all-knowing white male character and you grab him and literally throw him out the window. We are done with the white male cisgendered heteropatriarchy and we're tossing his ass out the window. That's essentially what they did. And uh, they even make, there's even two separate scenes where they're reading angry comments on YouTube about themselves, separated by like 30 minutes of film time. So, I mean, and then your main character, your main villain, who's fucking terrible, you don't really find out any motivation. He's just basically walking around getting ghosts to come across into our plane. And he's like a genius because he read their fucking book. He's the one that bought their copy of their book about ghosts. And I think his motivation was that he was picked on and he just wants to destroy everybody. So he ends up possessing Chris Hemsworth's character, which is when Chris Hemsworth finally gets the fucking bee epic. I mean, he fucking knocks it out of the park as the bad guy. No doubt about it. But he's still just the fucking big, angry, tough white male that we don't like anymore. And, and then he dies. Or Chris Hemsworth gets unpossessed. And then the guy is already dead. Um, but he's got superpowers and he turns into like the cartoon ghost symbol for Ghostbusters. And then he gets giant and starts stomping around the city and he gets shot in the balls because that's how we beat fat white males. So that's Ghostbusters in a nutshell. And he misses the apocalypse because he's getting a fucking sandwich. What? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth misses the fucking potential apocalypse because he goes to get a sandwich. Like, where were you at? He's like, I was uh, getting a sandwich. And he's eating a sandwich at the end of the movie. It's it's pretty fucking terrible. And their hair changes white after they go into the portal for no apparent reason. And then just so they can make jokes about laughing, about dying it. And then Sigourney Weaver has a cameo at the end that's kind of heavy-handed, ham-fisted, not very well done. She's Holtzman's fucking cracked-out teacher. So, yeah, it's... Um, well, who was the lady that played Janine? Um, Annie Potts? Yeah, she has a she has a cameo that works because she's fucking playing herself. Basically, yeah. she's playing Janine. I mean, not herself, but you know, just smart ass New Yorker. But well, what about Ernie Hudson's? Does he have a cameo? Did they fuck him too? His is his cameo is fine. He plays um, Jones's uncle that owns the funeral home where they get their hearse from, and he's wanting to know where the hell his hearse is at, at the end of the movie. And Leslie Jones is trying to explain to him that the ghost took it and shit. And he's like, oh, bullshit. You know, something like that. I don't know what the exact <laughs> phrase was, but he's not buying her story. Uh, so Ernie Hudson's was pretty good. Ernie Hudson and uh, Janine, 
Um, Annie Potts, they were pretty good. But the other ones I didn't really care for, the other cameos. I heard that Dan Aykroyd was pretty good. Well, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, ghost. I, yeah, but it was it was too nudge, nudge, wink, wink for me. Yeah, it was too on the nose because, yeah. So. Okay, well, so Ghostbusters sucks. Burn the theater down. It's not just burn. It's burn the theater down. Don't don't watch Ghostbusters. Um, and maybe I'm just being too wounded because I'm a white male, but it's just it, I've seen plenty of movies that have those elements, but it's over and over and over again. And on top of that, the bits of humor that don't involve that are over and over. It's extremely repetitive, extremely extremely derivative, and it's it is the epitome of the big stupid summer blockbuster. So if they would have done what I originally said and don't call this Ghostbusters and call it something else, would it have been better? It, no, because no. you would have had stupid derivative repetitive jokes that you do five and six times a piece the exact same bit, four or five different ones, and your terrible CGI, your extremely annoying character in the Kate McKinnon's character just twitching the whole fucking movie. So it wasn't stupid Deus Ex Machina. I mean, so it wasn't steals the thing and then comes back. I mean, it's just did they just try to improv the whole thing? Did they not have a script? When what happened? They took someone that had, and I really didn't want to look at the movie like this, but I can't help it. They took somebody that had an agenda that wasn't funny, and they wrote a script. Based on Ghostbusters. That's what they did. They had the agenda. You know, I really thought that a lot of this was one-sided with the fanboys flipping out over the film. I thought, well, okay. There's so they put some, there, there is a lot of that. But I thought it was mostly one-sided until I watched the movie and I realized that, wow, this is deeply entrenched into the soul of this film. Is it a response to the, to the negativity on the internet? Did they change things in post-production? Did they reshoot stuff? I don't know. Or was it like this from the beginning? Was it like written like this before the hate even started? I don't know. But it's 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 got a very heavy-handed message as far as that goes. It keeps repeating those points to you that, you know, the, the white male is the enemy. The white male is stupid. The white male is a fat loser. Uh, the white male is a virgin. I think it's over and over and over. Once or twice I can buy. But... It's just repeated, repeated, repeated. 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 times. It's too numerous to ignore. can't remember if it was Dan Aykroyd or who it was. They were doing a interview, and they said that it's not the, the fans that are saying that it's the hatred of the movie it it wasn't because it was the uh it was girls taking on the role that was 100% the media that caused all of this it would have been the backlash would have came if anybody took on the roles it's because of the characters but the media that's part of took, it took on one small segment and then they ran with it because that's what the media does. That's exactly what the media does. There has been a lot of hate thrown 
on Twitter at the people involved in the film. There, the comment sections of YouTube was fucking worse than usual. Um, it was the most disliked fucking movie trailer of all time. So, yeah, I agree with that. I hate that. But it's a terrible movie trailer. It is. Plus, you had your basement dwellers that were fucking just being dicks to be dicks. Yeah. But, you know, at no point in all the time me and you talked about this did I ever say, oh, look, females, this is going to suck. I didn't care for some of the cast, but it wasn't because they were female. I mean, my favorite movie characters, two of the top five are probably fucking – they're female. If not, the top one would be Sigourney Weaver. Oh, so yeah, you Ripley. Ripley. Ripley's the fucking shit, dude. She's one of the best fucking characters, best developed characters in fucking film, period. Um, so I'm pretty confident not thinking I disliked the movie because it was female. But you can't preach a message in the media and all this stuff about, well, it's just these guys hate this and these guys hate that. And then fuck turn around and tell me, essentially... And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you can't tell me 15 times in the movie that white fucking males are shit <laughs> and not expecting to go, you're kind of being a hypocrite at this point. Um, but my main problem, and I can even live with that, and for them to sell that message to me, I, I can deal with that and see the humor and the comedy and stuff that doesn't involve that. I just didn't see much of it. There wasn't much to laugh about. So I noticed, I thought back, you know, when I'm watching the kill. I texted you right after we left. And I gave it a six and a lot of that had to do with sitting there with my son and him elbowing me. And every time a proton pack or a new toy was on the screen, he was just marking out. And, uh, I was laughing at him as much as I was the movie. And there are some legitimately funny things. I like the wonton thing where she never gets, but one wonton when she orders wonton soup. And then after she saves the city, she gets a whole big fat container of wontons. <laughs> you know, that, that, that was kind of funny, but I, it's few and far between. There was a few chuckles. Um, but yeah, catch it on cable TV someday. Maybe you have absolutely nothing better to do. It's, it's really not that good. All right. Well, that's, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's a step above Uwe Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah, all right. Well, that'll do it. That's it. Goodbye, people.